0: Hello, so, greetings and welcome back, gentles and ladies men, to another exciting episode of Cast. It's been a few months, uh, but we're back to talk about that little blue gumball son of a bitch. And uh, there have been a couple of interesting... <laughs> like, it didn't start out as a very good Sonic year, but then all of a sudden we got, like, Sonic Superstars, these updates, and the announcement of that Dream Team game, like, all in the space of, like, a month. Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting, but primarily we're here to talk about Sonic Frontiers. Once again, uh, the game has received three official content updates, including a new story segment, which is primarily what we're here to talk about. But uh, before we do that, I'd like to introduce our guest for the day. Well, I guess he should introduce himself. Uh, go ahead. Good hey, sir. Hey, hey. Uh, it's me, Nick. <laughs> like, could you tell the audience quickly? So.
1: Yes, real quick. I just want you to know that when you said before we do that, my heart sunk into its, <laughs> in, into my stomach. Well, and I think you know why I'm like, no, he wouldn't. We have a gas deck, so you wouldn't do that to him.
0: Unfortunately, the only good Sonic fan fiction I could find. Well, obviously, there's Sonic World War Two Dragon by what's what's his face behind Sonic High School. He made a Sonic sequel World to Sonic World War Hi- II Dragon. Yeah, Sonic High School World War II Dragon. It's a sequel. No. <laughs> but, uh... No. No, but yeah, I couldn't find any good fan fiction in time. And I was I was too busy replaying the game that we're going to be talking about today. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do, just so people can be familiar. Well, just now I kind of feel put on the spot. I thought was, I
2: was just going to talk about the game. Well, I, I'm... I'm known online now as Nick on Planet Ripple, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, but i I'm mainly about my books i've I'm a, working on the ninth one. My latest one is gonna be advertised on the Nasdaq Tower pretty soon. Oh so, that's neat. You know, in Times Square. oh yeah, so that's got me excited.
1: I saw a thing on Twitter not that long ago that you got like second place in uh like was it a competition or something?
2: Yes, but it gets hundreds of entries, and they can't just have, like, one first or second place winner, so they'll make these categories, Mm. and they'll tally points to see, like, you know, which one you make it into. Curiously, nobody who submitted a graphic novel made it past second place, but Mm. I I guess I made it as close to first place as someone with a product like mine was going to. Yeah, give give yourself some credit.
0: Your books are great.
2: Thank you.
1: I think that's very commendable. Good job, man.
2: Yeah. Longtime viewers might have known me as Nick on Aqua Magna before. They might remember that I used to make, you know, video reviews of Sonic games. Yeah, back during the the era where everyone was, you know, acting angrier than they really were.
1: <laughs> <kind of>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So this is me going back to my roots in a way, finally talking about Sonic again on YouTube.
1: Yep. Also, Nick on uh Nick Beer was actually on our Star Fox Zero episode way, was he way back i completely forgot day. about
3: Ancient that history Whew. yes it feels like you're unearthing yeah. texts that you should not unearth it's <laughs> been way too long <laughs> it's just as a stone tablet's predicted <laughs> well
0: speaking of the sonic since it's been a year since the game originally came out i've had a chance to replay the whole thing i believe dan has as well Mm-hmm. So before we get to the updates, let's just give our quick thoughts on where we stand on Sonic Frontiers, the base game. Okay. I'll let you guys go first. All right. Well, um, I personally, I was the most positive on the game in our original podcast. And I think I kind of let Jeb and Jay sort of gaslight me into thinking the game was worse than it was. Because uh, after a while, they, the podcast got really negative. And, you know, I don't begrudge them for that. That's their opinion. They have a right to it, of course. But then when I replayed the game, I'm like, no, this this game's great. I think it might actually be one of my favorite Sonic games now. I really just enjoy it. I mean, like, I wouldn't want this to become the new standard. And I think most people would agree. But as like a one-off thing, as a person who loves collect-a-thon games, I really enjoy it. Just running around collecting all the trinkets. If if there's one big criticism or one thing that got worse for me, it was the story. I think I was kind of middling on it when we did our previous podcast, but I've since had the opportunity to read the first two big IDW story arcs, the uh, Neo Metal arc and the Metal Virus arc. And after having read those, Sonic Frontiers comes off as the most boring, uneventful story possibly in the entire 3D series, honestly. There's so much nothing happening. Like, I think I was willing to give it more of a chance the first time because I thought it was going somewhere. But when I was replaying the game, I just wanted to skip every cutscene and move on. And it it really interrupts the flow. Like, I think, Dan, when we were talking about Tears of the Kingdom, you're talking about how it was kind of annoying that you want to go play the water temple. But you got to jump through a bunch of story hoops before they'll let you play it. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. In Sonic Frontiers, where it's like, oh, I'd like to go over to this island and start exploring, but I can't because the bridge is down. So I have to talk to Tails a bunch of times to get the thing mm-hmm. to come down, and then i got to do that stupid skydiving minigame. It's just, I wish that they had just left it more open. But it's also one of those things where you can quickly get through all that stuff, and there's compared to the stuff I like, there's really not that much of it. So I can kind of like get so, over The it.
2: skydiving minigame brought back those death egg rings. Yeah. Isn't that cool? In 3D? They did. I, I'm just, I'm just horsing around. <laughs> to me, that's like people, that's like people getting excited that the laser Cheerios were another M.
1: <laughs> the Rinkas?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I understood that reference.
0: But yeah, that, those are my thoughts on Frontiers. Still like it. Mm-hmm. So,
3: who's next?
1: What about you, Mr. King?
3: Well, in a weird twist of fate, I decided to be as... I really, really, really wanted to understand Frontiers as much as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. So, I was like, okay, I'm going to play the game again. I'm going to 100% the game. And I did do it. Oh, goodness. I have... (laughs) Actually don't know if I have photos of it, but I have the footage. I a hundred percented the whole thing just so that I could get like a very, very clear picture of what it is that people are clearly into, you know? Yeah. Because there is something about it that I don't quite understand that people do like. And I, I really wanted to put my best foot forward there and try to get it. And in some ways, There are some things about it that I appreciate more than I did at the time. Mm -hmm. I will admit that. I think that there is a kind of fun to just like running around and doing slope jumps and stuff when they work properly. Yeah. When you're not like tripping over a cliff or whatever. For some reason, the Aries, the second island is like really bad about Inconsistent. Like sometimes you'll try to jump off a cliff, and Sonic will just be like, "Okay, all of your speed is gone." I don't <laughs> know what that's about, but um,
2: there like that's, that's a problem with the game's design. It just it it just seems to rear its ugly head most of all on that island for some reason.
3: Yeah, but you know, I, I I realized that I had always liked my probably my favorite thing about the game in the original was when you could like boost off of a rail and fly into the sky. You know, yeah. And now that they've added, like, a spin dash, you can kind of do that yeah. more easily. I think they also, like, reworked – I don't – it's a little bit hazy. This was, like – I recently traveled to Japan. It was, like, a, over a month ago, I think, that I did this. And, like, the things in my head are really fuzzy about yeah. it. But also, I, I think they, like, reworked something with the physics. Like, your air jumping is, like – yes.
0: Uh, fixed or yeah. something. Yeah. They added a slider for jump deceleration. Yeah. Because in the original release, it was really sensitive, especially in the 2D sections. And um, I don't know how many of you guys have played Hi-Fi Rush this year. Yeah, I have. I want to. Yeah, it's great. I recommend it. But that game also has 2D sections in it. And mm-hmm. I think what I realized is a speed and a jump distance that feels right in 3D feels too st- Not nearly enough in 2D, yeah, because those 2D sections felt kind of stiff in that game, and the same thing is kind of true for Sonic Frontiers. But then again, even Unleashed managed to get the 2D speeds right, so I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, Yeah, 2D
3: is like a a whole separate thing because I, honest to God, still don't like those, unfortunately. Fair, but like the stuff in on the islands, specifically like the first, second. Uh, maybe like the the fifth as well the third Mm -hmm. island i'm not a big fan of still it's a bit weird but i had fun like spin dashing around using momentum in the way that it was probably intended to be used to begin with so like in those aspects i did come to appreciate things that i didn't appreciate well i did appreciate it but maybe not as strongly yeah Unfortunately, I, I mean I'd love to come back here and say that I just fell in love with the game, but I did. Like I, I really tried I gave it my all. But a lot of the things that I had problems with I still have problems with. Yeah. I still don't really the, the story's kind of boring. There are parts of it that I I don't know, they just did not did the exact opposite of landing. I, I really, really, really am sick of seeing the past again oh yeah the nostalgic throwbacks because it's at a point where i don't know what sonic even looks like to me anymore because you like enter a portal and you're like okay i'm gonna go play a level and we're in green hill again and it's like Mm -hmm. at this point i feel like i'm just numb (laughs) to that aspect specifically of like can we just get a game where they like make like i guess like superstars because you know superstars um from what i've seen some of its zones look similar to old zones but like at least they're new fucking zones you know like that's all i want but you know that's like a small thing it's like there's a bunch of stuff like that that just does not add up to an experience that i think is all that memorable or unique and that i it's unique in some ways but it's not something that i ever really think that i'll be returning to Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I can't do it. I'm glad a lot of people seem to like it, but I, for me, it, it's kind of, Sonic has lost a lot of the things that I used to love about it, and accepting that has been tough, but I think that I'm at a I'm at a place where I can kind of just follow it and dislike the things that I dislike, watch people enjoy it, and then wait for the next thing, and hopefully the next thing will be more to my liking. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at with it
0: well speaking of the next thing not to interrupt the other two gentlemen in the call but uh i mean dream team does look like it might be more to your liking it looks more like it honestly does
3: yeah i am actually kind of looking forward to that game the only thing about it is that it's a mobile game it looks a lot better than most mobile games do but yeah i am interested in that honestly
0: yeah like um I, I just recently replayed Sonic Lost World to 100% for the first time in like eight years. And I was kind of struck going back to that game, just how much creativity and effort there was to try to make something really fresh and different. And there does seem to be some of that creative spirit coming back in Dream Team. Mm-hmm. So uh, the only thing is, I don't own a single Apple device, so it's like the one... Th- Nor do I. Actually, I do own an old Mac that I bought to play Toy Story 2 on Macintosh, but that's it. That's not going to play Dream Team, so... Do you guys remember the little iPods that were, like, clip-ons? The shuffle?
1: I, I think. It's like there's not even a screen. It's just like a little thing that like you clip to your shirt and has like a button for you to press play.
0: I think that was the shuffle.
1: Maybe. I have that. I can't play Sonic Dream Team
3: like that. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. I looked
1: on the website. It I wasn't play compatible. I Sonic Dream
3: Team on my iPod Nano. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, Ryan, why don't you tell us about your current thoughts on Sonic Frontiers?
1: Uh, well, I mean, because, like, actually, you were saying that, like, the podcast felt mostly negative, but I was with you in the sense that I liked the game. Mm-hmm. I never thought it was... Like super peak, super hype, like how a lot of people think it is. But I, it did a lot of things that I've been wanting Sega and Sonic Team to do, and it did them well enough for me to walk away from the from the game being like, okay, well, you know, I put like twenty five hours in the game, sixty dollars for the game. I think that's worth it. You know, that's yeah. like an, uh, the length of like an average JRPG,
0: as opposed to Superstars.
1: As opposed to Superstars, which should not be priced at sixty dollars, but. This game kind of has, like, a similar thing with, um, I guess, like, No Man's Sky or Cyberpunk 2077, where the game essentially gets, quote-unquote, fixed as time goes on. Like, the developers stay with the game. They add on to it. They fix problems that people have. Yeah. But what Sonic Frontiers has that maybe those other games didn't is, like, a more solid foundation. Because like with with the other two games, for example, it's like when they came out, people blasted those games to high heaven. Yeah. Whether they were broken, whether they were lacking mechanics that were promised in the pre-release, you know, whatever the case may be, it's like, you know, people didn't like those games when they first came out. Sonic Frontiers has the benefit of having people be more positive towards this game than the others. So it's already taking something that was already pretty good and just making it even better. So it's just like... You know, you're you're adding more things to do, more things to collect. You're adding new, like the spin dash, which completely changes the game. New physics options, which completely change the game. And I I played through the game a handful of times already. I'm also I I've, I've been working on a project for Sonic Frontiers, and I, it's not going anywhere right now. But but no, I I still like the game quite a bit. If that you know, for whatever it's worth.
0: Yeah.
1: Like my opinion hasn't like. If I still had to give it a grade, it would still probably be, like, a B-tier Sonic game for me. It's not one of my favorites, but it's still one that I really enjoy, and it's really easy to come back and replay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm with you guys thinking that, like, the story wasn't really anything great, but I do appreciate the fact that there were moments where the game slowed down and allowed these characters to actually talk. Yeah. I didn't realize, I like, how much I actually... I as
3: well. Even though I don't yeah. think it entirely worked in the end, I am glad that we're past the days of, like, throwing in, like, a fourth-wall joke every five seconds like <laughs> yeah i'll just stick to mm. aliens so if to that's like the, all right with everybody the energy of the previous stories was kind of dire like because I, I at least look at frontiers i'm like okay at least it's trying <laughs> to do something
1: yeah and i would rather have something like this than something like from forces or lost world or colors or generations
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, you know it's a game that i like th- this is just a small moment but i don't want to forget to bring it up so i'm not a son shipper yeah you know, i don't think those two work well as a couple but there is a moment in this one that i mean there are many moments in this game that make it feel like it's been at least a couple years since you know whatever last one even though ian flynn insists that the entire series has been over a year and a half <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> no <laughs>
2: but yeah yeah these characters flynn these, says these some characters crazy stuff. these characters feel older there's this moment where Sonic and one of, like, when you leave him idle and he just says random things, there's one moment where he says, Amy, oh, I wish I'd said something sooner. So that implying that maybe he felt something for her at some point, but just didn't act on it, and now that ship has sailed, that's fascinating writing. That's the kind of thing I'd I like do to see more I do remember
3: that of. line. It is kind of wild that that mm-hmm. line exists. I remember hearing that and being like, that's a bit like, like I said, Sonic it's, it's is not usually a series that ever touches on anything like that, so.
2: But you know, I like the feeling of like change and progression, and that these these are very different characters than they were even back in the adventure days. Hmm. Hmm. A- anyway, a- enough from me. Back to you.
1: Oh well, no. I mean, that was that was pretty much my whole uh, my whole take. Is that like it really hasn't changed much? It just takes something that I already liked and just made it better for the most part. Mm-hmm. Big asterisk there for the most part. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll cross the road when we get there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I'm probably going to be the most positive about this game. So firstly, the, the overworld, the islands. I do consider it fun to just run around the islands collecting things. In fact, even the first island. Sometimes I'll just load up a new save and just play through that first one. Just like spend two hours on it. And that's my, that's my chill time for the day. Although I think the second island is probably my favorite. Because that's when it really opens Lighter. up. It's a much bigger island, but it's covered in all kinds of like landmarks and geographic formations that I can recognize from yeah. far away. It has those floating ruins that are basically entire stages in their own right. It feels like it's almost perfect. And then you get to the third island and it's just random. There's forced 2D gameplay everywhere. I, I don't hate it, but that's where the game really wears me down. Where at first I'm like, wait a second. So there aren't as many islands as I thought. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, thank God there aren't as many islands as I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Because that one really tires me out. I get to the fourth where I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. It's basically a formality. And then I get to the fifth island. And in the normal campaign, I just got what I needed and zipped right to the final boss. Because I was just tired. Again, I didn't Mm -hmm. hate the game, but I basically had my fill of the islands. But then the DLC came along. And essentially added an entire final stage, a, a, an extra like three to five hours to the game. But what was funny is it's it's basically the game's equivalent of *Canon's Core or End of the World. You know, it, it'd be nice if we could play as the other characters earlier in the game, like play as Knuckles a bit on the second island and so on. But we spent enough time with them that it still feels cool to, you know, have the whole yeah. gang come together at the end. And that gave me like, I, I had so much fun with that last island in that DLC. Just getting to know those characters again. But I realize the DLC is going to be a, a deal breaker for a lot of people. And I admit, I had to cheat. I had to switch to easy mode. Because a couple of those towers, I just <laughs> could not make it to the top without those extra balloons and stuff to homing attack on. And I couldn't mm-hmm. make it through the that stupid boss rush without easy mode, where your parry window is much you know bigger. Is actually um, good. Yeah, I got it on my second try once I switched to easy mode. So that's a little annoying. But here's the thing. I spent most of my playtime in that last campaign doing stuff that I liked. You know, just climbing around things and exploring and grabbing stuff and playing the minigames. Just killing time, basically. And I spent a comparatively very small portion of that playtime stuck on the towers of the boss rush. But most other people spend... A small chunk of their playtime exploring that last island and having fun goofing around with the other characters. And most of their playtime is stuck on those parts that they end up hating. So I I got it. You know, I guess I'm trying to say my experience, it was very different than apparently most other people's experience. Most people spent most of the time doing stuff they hated. And I spent most of it doing stuff I liked. So that might color my view a bit. I shouldn't have to switch to easy mode to get through those last sections, but. It's like that was their response, like, oh, you think this game is too easy, huh? Okay, (laughs) fuck you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like my takeaway from the DLC, where it felt very reactionary. Where it's like, oh, you think the game's too easy, so we're just gonna make all the bosses be super, super hard. Oh, you didn't like the tower section? We'll do it again. Like, from the fourth island? You gotta do that shit again. Except no 2D. Or, or, like, no safety net, no nothing. You fall down, get fucked. Yeah. Oh, "Oh, you do not like the parry? Well, here's the perfect parry.
2: Eat shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I will say this game <laughs> essentially restored my hope for Sonic because it brought back so many things that Sega hasn't touched in a long time. It feels like nature is healing from the damage done, not by Sonic 06 itself, but by Sonic 06's reception. You know, the, the the way people lambasted that game, I think we may have gone a little overboard because Sonic yes. Team and Sega took away all the wrong lessons from that. They thought the adventure formula itself was the problem. So they walked away from that game going like, okay, no other playable characters, no more cringy rock music, no more (laughs) somewhat serious try-hard story, no more fully 3D stages, no more adventurous controls. None of that shit. Never again. And then they have Crisis City and Sonic Generations for some reason. (laughs) But it's like they were so terrified of possibly making another game that felt like Sonic Adventure Because it might remind people of Sonic 06. It doesn't help that every time a new game is teased, some obnoxious interviewer would go up to a developer like, hey, so, um, is this game, this new game gonna be anything like that dumpster fire Sonic 06? Like, they just (laughs) never let them live it down. So it's no wonder, you know, that they've been, (laughs) they've been like terrified of their own shadow. And then this game comes along Mm -hmm. and, and it brings back, you know, the edgy music and it, you know, the other (laughs) playable characters now and a more moody story. And it, like it brings back all that stuff, even the controls. You know the sliders. If you want Sonic to control more like a car with like wind resistance and you know difficulty steering, you can play like that. But if you want to play more like in the adventure games where you could turn on a dime, no matter how fast you're going, you can play like that. And I, I I I'm amazed by that kind of flexibility and accessibility in a Sonic game. I hope that becomes the standard from now on. But the part that blew me away the most. Was uh, some of the cyberspace levels basically being ported from Adventure Two? I know to some that probably sounds lazy, but I think it's them testing the waters to see if that kind of gameplay still works. If they could release a game nowadays with levels built like that, and people would have fun with them, because apparently that was up for debate. That was a question that needed answering, and now they have their answer, and they're making you know, they made some other cyberspace levels that were entirely two D that weren't taken directly from the adventure games, but felt like they could have been in an adventure game. And I think it's given them the confidence to go further in that direction. Basically, this game proved to everyone and Sega that it's okay to, you know, bring back those things from the adventure formula that they thought were radioactive for so many years. And it's not even just in this game. Think about like, we have three games now, you know, this with the DLC, you have Sonic Superstars, which I know that's a 2D game, but it still counts. And, and now Sonic Dream Team, like, 2023 was the year that Sonic's friends came back. It's It's been normalized so quickly. It was that easy, apparently. And <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone. I feel almost like the backlash of 06 and all the that resulted from that almost feels like it never happened. Wasn't you know?
3: there... It is kind of odd that, like, there was a day where they were just kind of like, yeah... You know you're gonna be able to play as like tails, knuckles, and amy. No big deal. <laughs> and then they just kind of dropped it for free. And you know, I was like, I think they just they realized that all the stuff
2: they were cutting out of these games were things that people actually liked about the adventure games, the early 3D Sonic games. And again, this game proved that those things still work. I see this game as mm. like a, a testing ground for those, and I feel like whatever they they make next is gonna be tightened up, and it's just gonna you know have more of that stuff that people liked about this game they're listening to feedback and the general positive sentiment i've seen from people for this game has been like yeah okay there there are some things that are kind of wonky but here are the things i like do more of that and it sounds like
0: they're listening we can only hope i w- i was going to say wasn't the marketing for Sonic 4 episode 1 like this really toxic here are all oh, the really sonic friends who or... aren't going to be in Sonic 4 yeah I remember that.
1: It was a different time.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: And then, and then you know, flash forward a few years later when uh, the Sonic 2 movie comes out, and then you have people losing their fucking minds when Shadows in the Post credits uh, shot or whatever. It's like, no, it's it's not that, uh, you know, people still give a shit. So uh, please, <laughs> let's not pretend that they don't. How crazy so- is it
0: that the Olive Garden guy was the gun commander the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing is, they weren't sponsored to throw that in there. They really
2: did just think it'd be funny to throw a random reference to Olive Garden in there for some <laughs> reason. They did it for free.
1: Oh, I mean, hey, when you're there, you're family. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, but but look, I, I know Speaking I. Speaking of
1: which, this podcast is sponsored by Olive Garden. I know <laughs> I probably
2: sound like an apologist for a, a shitty Sonic game, but I'm I'm trying to say like you know try to understand why people like me appreciate it so much because it it brought back. You know, at least some of the adventure formula. It did things that I thought Mm. Sonic would never do again. And it pulled them off. It showed how easy it is. So, (laughs) yeah, it still bugs me that the cyberspace levels are all using assets from generations still. Some parts of the story do bug me that were just, like, following Sonic along his, like, amateur archaeological trip. But whatever. I, uh, sorry, I just had a massive brain fart. That's
0: all right. covid You know, it's interesting that you say <laughs> that, that uh, you you were the most positive on this game, because I 100%ed the whole thing twice, including this DLC. Oh,
1: Ooh, that's another I, thing that I do want to say. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to kind of like add on that. Like, I actually did 100% this game as well. That's actually like one of the things I really like about the Spin Dash is that it made 100% completion like feel worth it. It's like it. there just came a point where it's like, oh, hey, well, I'm already I got almost all the memory tokens on this island. I might as well get them oh, then I might as well join the next one, then the next one. I If this if the spin dash wasn't as fun to use as it is in this game, I probably would not have bothered. So the spin dash actually does a lot to carry this game when it comes mm. to like the post game, the post game cleanup.
2: Yeah, so, I've noticed like even with some of the DLC updates, now there are all these new structures that they're, they're basically just ramps that are, are daring you to boost or spin dash off of them and fling yourself into the sky. And that has a lot of Classic Sonic DNA. I, I noticed like there's more adventure DNA now thanks to these DLC and even a bit more of like, hey, what if we were trying to, you know, just fling yourself off of a ramp or a ledge like in the classic games? How how crazy like the hang time you could get. And I don't know, it's it's just doing things that I never thought 3D Sonic would do. Even like when I played through The Last Island as Amy and the other characters, I noticed like one of the loops, the camera follows you through the loop. Instead of cutting to the oh, yeah. side and making it automated, that's something that's that was happening like years and years ago in fan games, and they finally figured out how to do it in a Sonic game by just trusting players to make it through the loop under their own steam, and not like rage that the game was broken because they fell.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the spin dash, let's quickly talk about the first two updates. I don't think we will have that much to say. Obviously, the spin dash was the highlight, but I do want to talk about. The new Coco, quote unquote, and those action chain challenges. Do you mean to tell me that you're still thinking about the (laughs) Coco? you still thinking (laughs) about that Coco, Amy. (laughs) I I heard that uh, when I was replaying it after I think it was Jeb or you were clowning on it in the last podcast and I laughed. Yeah, but there are like these a lot of it seemed to be like there was some kind of birthday cosmetic thing that I immediately turned off. (laughs) <laughs> there was that yeah. the music jukebox that had like a 500th the selection of the generations equivalent and you had to go out of your way to unlock the bass soundtrack so that sucked. I mean it was more stuff to find which I appreciated but it was and it was also kind of interesting to play like Sky Road Act 2 music over Chaos Island go wait a minute this music is so much more memorable <laughs> than the stuff that's playing in the islands. I've grown to appreciate the Frontier soundtrack, but it's not like peak Sonic soundtrack or anything. Uh it took me Well oh, see for me it's it's right up there for me. I love the Frontier soundtrack. Well, I mean I grew to like it a lot more after actu actively listening to it and mm-hmm. just like put sometimes when I'm when I'm working on stuff, I'll just have like the open zone music all on a playlist together and just listen to that. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is actually pretty good. But I didn't realize that until I actually sat down and listened to it. Whereas, you know, I heard uh, Sky Road Act 2 once, and I remember it for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I, w- I was kind of disappointed with the jukebox. Uh, the new Coco, there's this one section on Kronos Island, whatever the first one was, that made me want to pull my hair out. I don't know if... Was it the tower? I- it was like a tower-ish thing where you had to keep pressing buttons
3: to make...
1: Yeah. And
3: then you had to, like, awkwardly... <laughs> yeah, <opera them>. <laughs> That's probably the weirdest Coco thing that they had. I didn't like that was weird. Yeah, it felt oddly out of place because like the other ones were challenging.
0: They were tricky, but that one felt more like something that would be in the third DLC, to be honest. And the action chain challenges. I know my friend Abby likes them, and I don't know what you guys think, but I was kind of annoyed with them (laughs) because I
3: liked them like the first couple times. I don't know why there are like 10 of them. Yes. Every island. Because a lot of the time you'll just pick one up. And I mean, granted they're spread out throughout the map, but some of them are close enough together that I'm like, well, I guess I'll just go run around here again. Mm -hmm. And you just end up doing the same path a bunch of times.
1: I, I found that these were more effective when doing a fresh playthrough. It made getting memory tokens and, getting parts of the map, fighting bosses and everything like that. I guess I feel like, cause like the whole point of Sonic Frontiers is that like, you're supposed to do everything. You're supposed to like find a rhythm to like get as much memory tokens and clear as many, like many challenges as possible. I think the action chain challenges does a better job of like showing you like how you're supposed to get into the rhythm that this game is trying to put down. Cause I, I played it like before doing this session, and actually, my most recent playthrough of Sonic Frontiers, that's what I did. Like, I did, like, a complete new playthrough, like, level one, no new game plus, no nothing. And I found that getting the memory tokens for story progression, especially on the last one, because, like, the last one, Sage just has, like, a huge, like, memory token spike, like, to get the last Chaos Emerald. I, I didn't have that problem. Like, I was never short, and I think it was because of these action chain challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I guess my problem with them is number one like King said there're way too many of them. I think if you if you cut it down to like 3 or 5 per world it wouldn't it would have been better cuz there mm-hmm. is so much overlap when you have like 8 of them or however many it was per per zone. And it, and it's also one of those things where like it's not really intuitive the whole score multiplier thing. I think they copied that for the pinball mini game actually. Where it's like, you need to collect the spheres to get up to one two eight, and then you actually start trying to grind points because the orbs aren't worth points. But it it always seemed to me like, if you knew the specific route the game wanted you to take, you could get the S rank really easily. But if you don't know the specific route, like most people will, then it's just kind of like, okay, I have no idea what I did wrong. Because it's like I feel like with most of the previous Sonic games nowadays, they're better about giving you specific feedback about what you need to do for the next rank. But even before that, in like Adventure 2 and Heroes, there was usually like a sense of like, okay, if I hadn't taken that hit earlier, I might have been able to finish the level slightly faster. Or if I hadn't gotten hit while I had locked down to nine guys as Tails, then I would have gotten that extra perfect bonus and that might be enough. Whereas with this, there's not really a clear sense of what you're doing wrong and what the game wants you to do differently. And then you couple that with there being, like, 36 of them, and then it gets really old. So... Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the thing that that bothered me uh, with these is that, like, let's say if you get the S rank, and you, you know, like, you clear an action change challenge, you get the S rank, it just plops you back to where that challenge was. So it's like, oh, so I made, like, all this progress. I cleared, like, so many, like, I cleared so many challenges and everything like that. And it's still saved, like, it still carries over, but it just plops you, like, you just You can turn that off in the menu.
0: What happened? You can turn that off in the menu.
1: Well, son of a bitch.
0: (laughs) It's actually very useful. Well, then there's a new pro- Because I I I took a different approach from you, where I basically, I did all the memory tokens first, and then I went back for the action chain challenges, I didn't really think to try Mm. to do them together. And in that case, having it reset is actually very useful, because if you screw up and get an A rank, you can just start over right away. Yeah. But I I'm I'm fairly certain there's an option in the menu to turn off that teleportation thing. If I'm wrong, well, you guys know what I'm going to edit in. <laughs> so, but yeah, like uh, King Nick, any other thoughts on the first two DLCs?
3: I mean,
2: not really. I I I waited until the third DLC dropped and just downloaded it all at once. It's not because I didn't want to keep yeah. playing the game.
3: I was just too dang busy. I, I, it's a little bit blurry what comes in what, but like, cause I did it all at once, but mm-hmm. the spin dash was fucking cool. That like legitimately increased my appreciation of the core gameplay quite a lot. I mean, it does take a while to get it, I guess, but I don't know. That was cool. Um, the cocoa challenges were like the most engaged I was by like the floating island shit, mm-hmm. you know? for the mm-hmm. most part you know, there are a few things that i felt were kind of weird but and there are a few times doing the coco challenges where i feel like how do i describe this like it's punching above its weight in the sense that like it is i guess it gets more into that in the dlc a little bit there are some problems of like it is now trying to do things that i do not know if it was ever equipped to do mm-hmm. but you know aside from that i think that the dlc stuff Harmless at worst, really. It was like, there was some cool additions that I got some fun out of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree that
0: uh, aside from the Spin Dash, the new Coco platforming sections were probably the highlight. Except for that one in Chronos Island. That one sucks. <laughs> mm. I remember Ryan's like, really, but he's the, the king. One. You gotta love that Coco. And I'm like, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd give him the Marie Antoinette treatment, Louis XV, if he wasn't literally just ahead. i'll probably fly over most of the audience's heads speaking of heads
1: (laughs) didn't fly over mine i got you exa don't worry
0: but yes I see you now we have the final horizon everybody let's start with just your brief little two second review yay or nay what did you guys think
3: yay uh
1: (laughs) yes somewhere Uh, in the middle i don't know what's (laughs) in between
3: (laughs) I will have to cast my nay vote, unfortunately. <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate that I phrased it that way,
0: because even I wouldn't give a thumbs up or a thumbs down for this. Yeah. I mean, I'm
3: not like, I, I wouldn't say I like, hate it, but I also, I don't know. I don't think I like it. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I just, I just I, had a blast, you know, climbing around his knuckles and flying and shooting things as tails and. Yeah, doing basic platforming stuff as Amy. I I guess, yeah. look, it needs to be stated again. This is monumental. This brought Sonic's friends back in 3D, and I really needed to sink in with people how crazy and incredible that is. Because we went all these years with yes. that being a line Sega wouldn't mm. cross. Because for some reason, it was again, it was up for debate if that kind of gameplay could still work. You know, if if that could still be done. And yeah you know, this will game they just went for it.
3: that like being able to play as these characters again is pretty damn cool, and it is something that mm-hmm. we have not had in 3 d for a very long time seventeen yeah. years theoretically it is very cool <laughs> but i i oh I'm sorry, I, I thought you were done King go ahead no, I mean I mean I'm not done, but like for now that's my, <laughs> my review
1: <laughs> No, because i i was i was also th- like, when I was playing this for the first time, like, there was a moment when I was playing as each of these characters where I thought, huh, it really <laughs> has been a while since we've played as, like, actual, like, Knuckles and Tails and Amy. Like, you know, we got the the Sonic and the Black Knight where he plays, like, more fantastical versions of, like, Shadow, Blaze, and Knuckles, but I don't really know if that counts. Because I mean, the, in a game that isn't
2: sto- a spin-off series.
1: Yeah, it's also just, like, the way how... Again, like those games play, it doesn't really play like yeah. a Sonic game per se. So to have it like in a core Sonic game and to play as like actual Knuckles, Tails and Amy, you know, when I unlocked like the infinite glide for Knuckles and when I unlocked the uh, the tornado for Tails, I don't know. Like, listen, I, I have something to say about like how they actually handled the playable characters here. Yes. But I did have that moment where I'm like, holy shit. We fucking back. <laughs> I had that moment for a second. It was there. The boys are back in town. Because, <laughs> look, now they, they're they
2: going to take what they did in this game, and they're going to incorporate it into future games. And they're going to, to tweak hmm. it. You know, they didn't get it perfectly right their first time, but they've been listening, and they've been correcting course, like, all throughout this. That's basically what all of this DLC is. You know, I They will didn't say, need to make any, but they just kept adding.
3: I will say that... When I remember when I finished Frontiers and we were we were talking about this is when I finished it for the first time. Yeah. I was talking with people about how, like, you know, maybe they'll take this formula into the future, but I wasn't really sure because we've seen this song and dance before. <laughs> the Lost fact World. Yeah. I am no longer quite like that because what is the director's name? Morio Kishimoto. Uh, Morio Kishimoto. Kishimoto. I don't know why I had a brain lapse. He is so religiously into fan feedback that I am now no longer unsure about the future in terms of like, he, he is probably going to make damn sure that the, this is going to be a thing that they do again. So in that regard, Mm -hmm. um, I have completely changed my mind. I am no longer unsure. He is, he is most certainly going to listen to fan feedback because that's what he was doing for like the past uh, year. Yeah. So I'm not unsure about that anymore. I mean, even
2: the entire extra final boss, you know, where you fight Supreme possessed by the end, that was basically there because people weren't satisfied with that Ikaruga final boss and mm-hmm. good on them for that.
0: You know, speaking of that, which and King, you know where I'm going with this is, isn't it bizarre that there are two games in recent memory that inexplicably end in an Ikaruga clone? Yeah.
1: What game ends yeah. in a Nikaruga clone? That well, you I haven't finished
0: it yet, so I don't want to spoil it for you. But it came out this year.
1: Oh. oh.
2: You know, this is oh, just no. a bit of a side thing. <laughs> but it kind of astounds me that, that there hasn't been another Sonic anime since Sonic X. Almost 20 years ago. Even as the games become increasingly anime-like. You know, with the, with the crazy boss fights and just like all the moves that Super Sonic does. It's like they they tried it with the OVA, they tried it one more time with Sonic X, and then they just never did it again. You know, they they had Sonic Boom, which was basically Seinfeld, and then they, <laughs> they had the new series, which it's it's all right, but it's like why does it's everything have takes. to be CG?
1: Mm. I guess even... Exo. What about like what's your quick take on a uh, the oh, final God. expansion?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> like how, how do we how do we want to unpack this? Because there's a lot yeah, of all
2: right. Here's my biggest problem with it. So, look, people have complained that the parry is too easy. You can just hold it down without any timing or whatever. I'll be frank. There's a reason I don't play games like Devil May Cry much or other hack and slashes. I just can't get the hang of parrying. It is so freaking stressful that it ruins those types of games for me. So I'm glad that, you know, the parrying is so easy and so abusable in this game because that means, you know, I can play it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it's why I'm glad that, you know, the combat isn't too complicated and doesn't have like juggling and stuff, because I, I don't want to spend a long time beating up any one thing in a Sonic game. I want to just hit a few times and move on. Yeah. Same issue that I have with the bosses in Sonic Superstars is they have these Simon Says waiting games where you got mm-hmm. you know, you to let them take their turn and then you can take your turn and hit them once, maybe two times, because people thought it was some kind of a problem that you could just finish a boss fight in 10 seconds in the classic games similarly like if they are going to add some kind of like combat to you know a sonic game i don't want it to be terribly complex because i don't want it to slow the gameplay down so, so anyway like um i guess what i'm saying is i'm glad they didn't get lost in the sauce i'm glad that you know they didn't end up becoming like the only thing sonic frontiers was about it's basically just there to add a little extra flavor
0: yeah that mm-hmm. said
2: they let you go through the entire game Coasting on not having to learn how to properly parry. And then with the bus rush, they demand that now suddenly you know how to do it perfectly. Without telling yeah. you that easy oh mode makes it easy uh, and it makes a lot it of more those,
3: those animations were not built for a perfect parry. Yes. Let me tell you that. Yeah. They are not they are some of the most unintuitive animations to block that I have seen. Yeah,
0: they were not <laughs> quite built some time. for the player to time them within point five seconds. They just weren't. I didn't get a chance to answer Ryan's question. <sighs> Against my better judgment, I think I'm going to have to say I liked it for the most part, but that comes with about 15,000 caveats. <laughs> the first time I played it, I think I hated it. So here here's was like my basic first impressions, right? You start out as Amy, then immediately near you, there is this, map challenge thing where you have to raise these towers and then you have to go through those stupid blue rings in a specific order but it's not clear what that order is because they don't have proper ASF for it and then there's like a wall climbing section nearby and i couldn't figure out how to climb the wall then eventually i learned amy can't climb walls at all so i don't know why that's immediately at the start of the game there is this one map challenge that made nearly made me lose my fucking mind I don't know if you guys know which one it is. It's the one where you have to hit the ball into the circular rings near like three holes in the ground. And I swear to God, I dunno I didn't know it was possible to make a ball puzzle worse than Dusty Desert, but they managed <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah, I played those
2: ones as tails. I basically had to cheat and like throw a wrench at one just because that's a faster way to see which way it'll go. And then when I felt confident enough to jump into it, then I it's it's so finicky. But it's it's not just aiming it left to right. You also have to hit it from the right height and with the right uh, force so that it doesn't go like above the rings or you pass them.
0: And then also immediately near where Amy starts, there's like an elder Coco with like a headdress that you can walk up to, but you can't interact with him. And there's not really indication as to why you can't interact them or what he's supposed to be for. There's just a lot of that in this dlc where it's just like it's missing a i can't use that right now kind of feedback you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's just like why would they put a (coughs) sonic only sonic and knuckles only running section right next to where amy starts why would they put npcs that you can't talk to or and that's another problem is that there are a lot of platforming sections you can finish with each character that are story specific that you just can't do anything with until the game decides that you can. Yeah, And there's not really any distinction between those. It's like you can get all the way to the end of this very long platforming section where you're gliding through things. And then you get up there and you just can't interact with the thing. And then there's the cyberspace levels, which we will talk about much more (laughs)
3: later. I have things to say.
1: I do too.
0: There's just,
3: it just felt like the thing (laughs) wasn't. (laughs) The variance in tonality of your two voices there.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. And then there was the. the fucking boss rush made me want to peel my vocal. scrotum off. It was just the worst thing I've ever... <laughs> okay, it that was my first playthrough. And then I got to the final boss, and by that point, I was just sick of it and wanted to get it over with. And that's when I suggested that we do this podcast in the first place, because I wanted to vent. But since it had been a while, since King went off to Japan, and we he was there for a month, It had been a while, so I'm like, okay, I'll sit down and play this for a little bit just to refresh my memory. And I know, since I already played it vanilla, this time I'll play it with mods. I got a mod that fixes knuckles. We'll talk about that. And I got a mod that expands the perfect period two seconds. And I turned off all the delay animations for all the other characters. I played through the whole thing again, and I think what I realized on the second playthrough is that the open zone stuff is actually pretty good, for the most part. Like... Like, like the ac- oh, some of the tails
2: platforming sections were some of the most inventive things I've I've seen in a Sonic game. Yeah, like really pushing the limits of what is possible, you know, with characters like these. And then you could just skip all of it with his plane.
0: <laughs> yes, it, you can do that for for Knuckles as well. Like if you get up high enough, you can just f- glide over to stuff. Or you could just use the infinite
1: jump glitch,
0: which I did not find, so I did not use that. Oh,
1: yeah, no, I I used that for a lot. <laughs>
0: and um there's also a cheat in the hedge mod manager that lets you switch characters with a button combination which is also pretty useful so you don't have to walk all the way back to master king coco just to switch characters and grab the one thing you missed so it's like when i used mods to fix all of the problems that the designers shouldn't have left in the final game it was pretty good (laughs) but by default it was kind of a pain in the butt and we can get more detail of it now Let's talk about the characters, like how they play and stuff.
1: The characters are kind of like, they kind of are emblematic of like the problem that I have with the DLC as a whole, or with the Final Horizon as a whole. Mm -hmm. And it is nice to have it. It is nice that they put in the effort to try to shake things up and to try to give us a more satisfying conclusion. But ultimately, I kind of walked away from this after I beat it and I played through this twice and I'm still wondering what exactly the point was. It ultimately it feels kind of inconsequential because we don't really ever learn anything new in the main playthrough. Like, you know, there's a lot of like optional stuff where you could run up to Eggman in the overworld and Amy could be like, "Eggman, Tell me about these rocks. Why are they stacked like this? And the Eggman, you know, Eggman will tell you, oh, well, you see, the ancients like to stack rocks as a, as a form of contest and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, it's a lot of exposition. Somehow they
0: kept standing for 10,000 years.
1: Yeah. But like, ultimately, like, if you look at the way how these two games end, the DLC ends with Eggman standing on the, o- like, standing by the ocean, watching the the meteorites fall throughout the atmosphere. And Sage is there. So, oh, cool. Sage is alive. And then you watch the ending for the original game where Eggman is alone, but then he brings Sage back to life anyways. Yeah. Like, they both kind of end the same way. It's just how they get there is slightly different.
2: That's the thing. In the new campaign, the other characters are all more active. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just Sonic wailing on the final boss for a little bit and then Sage sacrificing herself. And this is where I'm conflicted because there are some things about the vanilla campaign that I prefer. And I wish there'd be some way to, like, merge my favorite parts of both of them. But I do mm-hmm. think the new campaign was worth it, because I think, thematically, it, it works to have, you know, Sonic's friends jump in to help out. And for Eggman to have the giant gun and all that, <laughs> I I think it's great.
0: For Eggman yeah, to yeah. actually do something material to the conclusion of the story.
2: Which felt it good. Ties every, it, it ties everything together. Even, like, having more context for, you know, the ancients and getting to talk to some of them. And... getting some closure for them too so much that was like left out of the vanilla game now we have the answers for it they don't have to make like an entire second game to explain it all yeah
1: i guess i just wish that they did more with it because i kind of felt like as if a lot of it just kind of felt like exposition as opposed to like actually finding out like what these things mean organically
3: well that's actually uh A big problem that I have with Frontiers as a whole that is only exacerbated by the DLC is that a a vast majority of the story content is people kind of just standing there talking to each other. And you could you could levy that complaint against a lot of Sonic games, but even in the ones where that happens sometimes, because, you know, inevitably a story, there are going to be points at which two characters are standing there talking to each other. It's just going to happen, you know? But, like, the frequency with which this happens in Frontiers makes it so, so hard to be, like, actively engaged in what's going on because... Yes. And this is, like, this is part of the reason why when I replayed the game there were a lot of cutscenes that I just kind of skipped because I would start the cutscene and I would realize that it's, like, boring Sonic's as asking Knuckles about, like, what, what that hill over there looks like. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really... <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what's going like, on,
2: or like. Uh, unfortunately, this is why like most of other recent games where characters stand around talking a lot, they also constantly gesticulate and pantomime the things they're saying. You know, they're always waving their yeah. hands around, and yeah. it's because like the people animating the cutscenes are kind of bored because they got nothing to do, so they add in all that flourish. In this game, they did not, so you do yeah, have the characters just standing around.
3: That's another thing too. Is that animation wise and in terms of like. This ties into other issues that I have with the game generally, but like in terms of like style and how the game looks, it just is not doing these cutscenes any favors. That the animations are
2: nothing special.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard, really hard for me to get invested in a lot of the cool stuff that does admittedly happen. Like when it gets to the point where there are cool things being shown to me, it is a little bit like, it's hard for me to get fully invested in that because like at the end of this DLC there there's some kind of theoretically cool shit happening but it looks <laughs> it looks like shit if I'm going to be frank. <laughs> and
1: but you're not I, frank. You're Dan. Well, frank doesn't count. <laughs>
3: and and I guess that like in a large sense is why my I don't really have the same kind of hype that a lot of people are bringing to the table. I wish I did but in a, to like bring it back to the characters which i'm attempting to do they are theoretically very interesting to me but because they exist in a space where like i'm not having a lot of fun with the level design that they are interacting with it it, it kind of feels to me like how you how one appreciates you know there are a lot of proof of concept you know, the things where like people will make an engine for yeah. a Sonic game and you can see Sonic and Shadow running around like a test field. Yeah. Like I, there was one that was like the one that I think Sonic Omens uses maybe where what you can play a Sonic the... and Shadow in a boost thing.
1: I think it's like the Infinity Engine or something. I don't know what you're talking about.
3: Yes. The Infinity Engine is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It feels kind of like that in the sense of like you watch a video like that and you're kind of like oh that looks really cool shadow has some cool like air animations or whatever you know like there are a lot of things there that are theoretically very interesting and i feel that way about how the characters play where like tails has his tornado fly and shit and like for some reason he throws wrenches i don't know what the obsession with that where that stemmed from or where that was originated I, I will I, take whatever. it
0: over dummy ring bombs yeah. At least it makes uh, sense.
3: <laughs> I mean, I I don't like either of them, but you know, <laughs> whatever. The tail swipe <laughs> was better than both of them. Yes. Yes. Anyway, th- there's stuff like that. And like knuckles has a drill dive, I think. Right. Yeah. You, th- it, there's like really cool stuff that you can do. But at the end of the day, because I don't really like what I am like, there's a bunch of floating shit in the sky and it's like, whatever. I it, Like, it didn't really bother me in the base game, but like in this one, there's just like the game already has pop in issues. And oh yeah. when I'm flying yeah. around, when I'm flying around as knuckles trying to find something to interact with, and I see, I am like something pops into the screen, but then like a million things pop in with it. And I don't really know what to do with that information, Where especially start? because when you like, you like reach a tower, right. And then you climb to the top. You get like a a strength seed, and then oh. once you do that, you're kind of like, well, why the fuck did I just do that? Like, I, there's why like a did lot I beat of beat the shit out of that cocoa. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of clashing <clears throat> interests, and so it ultimately ends up feeling like I'm just kind of on a deserted island playing around with tails, knuckles, and Amy. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, and you I don't know, know, to kind of to kind of add on to what you're saying too is that like it was already kind of distracting, like the popping was pretty distracting in the base game, but then with the DLC when you have, like, platforming challenges for so many characters and they all just pop in all at once and, like, the challenges themselves, like, so many of them are just, like, cluttered and janky and it just, it doesn't feel
3: Well, so, well first of all, you have to figure out whether the character you're using can even interact with it, like Exo was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are color-coded, Sometimes. But it's like, it is a little confusing sometimes where some of these platforming challenges will even lead and some of them actually blend into other ones. There was a time that I was trying to climb a tower and one of its segments like is connected to this random platforming section. So as I was climbing the tower, it it like veered me off and I thought I was still climbing the tower, but eventually I just ended up some fuck all elsewhere. (laughs) Mm. It's like, there's just a problem with like investment for me when there is so much shit floating around i don't really know what the point of doing it all is and very rarely do i find myself having the the same sense of like raw fun that i had with sonic fucking around in like the first couple Hmm. islands you know it's funny because uh, oh go ahead
1: oh uh, i'm sorry i was just going to add on to like what king was saying too because like he was saying to like oh hey he climbed a tower and he got like a seat of power but like that's kind of the problem that I have in the sense where it's like, oh, you know, you have to go through these obstacle courses to get a single seed of power or to get like a single seed of defense or, you know, anything like that. And then you have the Starfall event where you have to run around and try to max out your seeds or your cocoa. And also you have like these new cocoa to find where they give you experience. And that's I w- really I- I because... Will see. The-
2: I was just gonna say I do think they that they made some good compromises in that regard, because you only have this one island to play as these characters. Mm. There are no like enemies to get XP from except the stupid bosses, which I just skipped. You're only gonna be able to play as them for so long. So they made it really easy to max out super quickly, just you know, with the meteor showers and the yeah. basically yeah. like free but stuff I guess everywhere. That's, that's,
3: that's also part of the problem because the original game's foundation is the platforming sections are bridged together by memory tokens and shit like that. And
1: the problem when with memory this, tokens
3: are no longer part of the equation, yeah. Lead into Ryan's point.
1: It is essentially what you're doing the entire time that you're playing as these characters, you're playing catch up. It's like even even when you first get like you first get your hands on these new characters, it's like you know, I remember, like, opening up the the skill tree and at first being impressed. I'm like, oh, wow. I thought there was only going to be, like, two or three attacks that they would have. But, like, it looks pretty expansive. But then it, it dawns on you. Oh, wait a minute. You can't even stomp. You can't yep. even parry. You don't even have your basic attacks. That's all stuff that you have to do. Like, that's all stuff you have to grind for. So it's like, you know, you're playing as Knuckles. You're excited. Oh, hey, how's Knuckles going to play? Oh, it, you bump into Master Ninja Pro or Master Ninja Plus. And you have absolutely no means of fighting him. And then even then, when you do get your basic attacks, like Nick was saying, like there's no enemies to engage with. The only thing that is there are the bosses. Like the enemies are in the overworld to begin with. So that way you can try out your new combos and your new moves and everything like that. So you can get better as playing as Sonic.
2: Which are stupidly hard because because they were spitefully designed.
1: It's like if you take away like the enemies were there you know, for you to chew on, for you to practice with. So it's like, oh, hey, now you got like, you got like a fully maxed out Knuckles and you try to fight like the tower boss. You f- you just, you fucking can't because you have no way to like get the hang of that character. It's like that. Ha- it's cool it, that they have yeah, combat abilities, it's kind of but like you can't do anything with it.
3: The might seeds or whatever scattered around, right? You might say that like they're there so that you can level Knuckles, Amy, and Tails up to like fight bosses. But like... <laughs> As somebody who did fight those bosses and watched other people fight those bosses, I have not seen a single person not use Sonic to fight those bosses. Because, like, odds are Sonic is going to be maxed out by the time you play this DLC. Because yeah. he just went through an entire fucking game's worth of leveling up.
2: Is, okay, I, I gotta ask, because I haven't checked myself. Are you able to go back to earlier islands? No. Well, that stinks. I wish they did have that kind of mechanic where you could just, you know, go back and forth between the islands once you've unlocked them. So any stuff yeah. that you didn't collect or any enemies you didn't fight the first time. I mean, think of how cool it would be if you could go back to Ares Island with Knuckles. Just...
3: A, i kind of confused as to why they didn't do that. Yes. It should have at because least... Because you now know they're I mean, like, like crammed into like... They're crammed into a DLC that feels like it's speed running the main progression of the main game.
2: There is something almost cathartic where like it can take so long to upgrade Sonic in the main game. And it's like it's this feeling of escalation like, oh, now you're getting more goodies and you're getting faster and faster because it's just that kind of game now. But I admit it's just it's just an illusion. It's again, because you don't have very long to play as these characters. And that problem would be solved if they just let you keep playing as them. Even if it was after you defeated Supreme and after the credits played, if they just gave you a post game where you could fuck around on any of the early islands with any characters that you wanted, that'd basically would be perfect. Why don't they let you do that?
1: I thought that's what they were going to do. I thought that would be like the uh, completion rewards, like oh, now you could play, like you could play as these characters like in the other open zones. But no, yeah, like
2: why don't they or let even you do just that?
0: New Game Plus? There's New huh? Game Plus now, and oh, technically, if you have Hedge Mod Manager, you can do that. Well, yeah, problem. but no. you shouldn't need a mod. You should be able to do that in the base game. I know, yes.
1: I genuinely think this DLC would have been a lot better if they took the final island and split it up into four separate chunks and then have Knuckles, Sonic, Tails, and Amy have like their own dedicated parts of the island. So then that way you could design bosses and enemies uh, made for those specific characters. And you can also design challenges and obstacle courses with those characters' movesets in mind. And that would also like get rid of the whole weird like direction or the lack thereof that this game had or that the dlc had where it's like oh i'm playing as amy oh but then here's this thing that i can't do as tails here's the thing that i can't do because i have to be knuckles here's the thing i can't do because i have to be sonic oh i can't fight this out of because i'm too weak if they just split it up and divided the sections equally amongst these characters i think you know it would have been a hell of a lot better it would have been a lot more consistent that way and maybe also that way you don't have to like worry about like power scaling or experience like if you just let them be you know if you give them just like the basics and design stuff around that there you go because like we already explored this island before like we already explored it in the base game so like we already kind of know what to expect and it's like it's not like as if the layout is drastically different it's pretty much the same it's just that there's more junk all over the place that's really it
0: i do want to on that note agree with nick that by the time you get to Uranos Island in the base game, it just kind of feels like a formality before the final boss. Cause there's not even the token story progression of the other islands really. Yeah. So like I'm going to slightly disagree with who whoever. I can't remember. I think it was you, Ryan. And say that wow. I prefer this ending, uh, to the original one, because it does have sort of that Canon's core flavor going on and Because the problem with the base game is the other characters spend the entire game coming to unmotivated epiphanies about themselves because they were trapped in a red balloon for five minutes, and then they don't really do anything except pull off a deus ex machina to save Sonic.
1: Yeah, they held hands and wished upon a star.
0: Yeah. So, like, with this, it feels like a much better payoff to the earlier scenes with those characters, because they actually get to fucking do something. Hmm yeah
1: i i agree with you on like on paper it's like on paper it should work but in practice like in terms of like what they actually ended up doing it's like i think i would rather play through uh the final island as like in the base game than i would with this like if this was the like the end game like if this was an expansion this is how sonic frontiers actually ended i would probably not be as favorable towards it but the fact that this is like Eh. something you can like an optional thing that you can do I'm not really so much, like, that bothered by it existing, because, like, if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it.
2: I will say, you with know? it being there, I do I do enjoy it. Like I said, when I played the base game, I basically skipped the last island. I just mm-hmm. got the last collectibles I needed uh, fishing with Big, and then I ended the game, because I felt like I'd seen everything the game had to offer already. And that's why I was so excited by, you know, seeing the rest of the gang and getting all these new weird-ass, Platforming like floating block in the sky sections because it was it was something more to do. It's it's like okay now it feels like this island has a point of being here. It just it, again it just gave me something to do. That's why hmm. I I do enjoy it. You yeah, right? it's not it's uh, also no, maybe like that's just me.
1: I mean it's not also like I understand the why. Like I get it. It's just not something that I like. It's just not something that I enjoyed. Like if they can go back to the drawing board like they could like look at this and be like okay what worked didn't, and apply this to the next game sure and in that sense i think it would work better but i think like just what we have here for me anyways it didn't it didn't make the cut i didn't really care for it understandable what uh, what else is there to say about the playable characters though does anyone else have anything to say
0: i i do want to talk about like the physical controls for each of them because i have some gripes but before we do i did want to say when we originally did our Frontiers episode, I think we were all pretty lukewarm on Amy and her involvement in the story because, like, she doesn't have a crush on Sonic anymore, and that was basically her well, if she does, she doesn't really mention it ever. So it just seemed like her cards was... are a personality trait now <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, again, it wasn't even necessarily so much that she had a crush on Sonic, it was also just the fact that she didn't take shit from anybody. It's like she could be both, like, super nice and also like, unhinged at the same time You know, and that's kind of like the part of the whole character design. It's like, oh, she's cutesy and dootsy, And also she has a giant fucking hammer. She knows how to use it.
0: Yeah. You know? So what I wanted to say was having read the IDW comics now, not like not like the whole thing, but a decent chunk of them and having seen how they present her in this DLC, I think I get what they're going for a lot more in the comics. She makes like a token flirting with Sonic in like the first issue she shows up in, and then for the for the rest of it, she's pretty much all business. Cause the idea is while Knuckles was the commander of the resistance, he was just kind of in it for the fun of it. And Amy was actually doing all of the logistical stuff to actually keep a resistance running. And it sort of matured her. So she she had like a real job essentially while all the other characters were kind of fucking around and it led to her maturing. After seeing that, I kind of understood why she seems so much more mellow in this game. And then in the DLC, I felt like, like, I think there's a part where after you get one of the Chaos Emeralds, she, like, yells at the end, which takes hours to come out of the sky for some reason. And she's like, I won't let you harm this world, you know. And I also want to say, I think I finally get what Cindy Robinson is going for in her performance as Amy cuz like like I said I replayed Lost World recently and she sounds like Minnie Mouse in that game. Yeah. It is not a good Amy performance. So I'm glad she she's actually sounds palatable. And her her voice fits this older more mature version of Amy in a way that like like when I was reading the comics I was imagining like the character voices talking and I still hear Jason Griffith as Shadow. I can't imagine Kirk Thornton in that role at all. but it was cindy robinson's voice that i was hearing and it works for that version of the character and amy pallant or whoever jennifer douliard just don't work for this older version of amy who's a little bit more mature you know and there were there was a moment where i think she was she was concerned about coco and wanted to rescue a bunch of them that kind of reminded me of her rescuing the blue flicky in adventure and like trying to defend it against zero and stuff That has been a character trait of hers to stand up for the weak and downtrodden. So,
3: I. This is kind of a a small, small tangent, but I have seriously considered deprogramming my English dub brain with Sonic and just switching entirely to Japanese so I don't have to be such a stick in the mud about it because I think I just don't think I care for it anymore. The English dub direction. Mm -hmm. And since the Japanese dub is available and they have had the same actors for, well, Sans Eggman for however many years i'm honest to god might just do that with even a lot of my favorite old games because i i I don't i don't want to be the guy who every time a game comes out i have to in-depth explain like yeah this i don't like these voices anymore and I'm, i'm glad that a lot of people seem to think that the direction is getting better including yourself but uh I hate it. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> next game comes
3: around. Next game comes like, around. I, I am playing I think, in fucking Japanese.
2: I think a good way to sum it up is the way Amy is written. Most of her dialogue is just really wet namby
3: pamby stuff like,
2: oh, I just hope that everyone's OK. It's so fucking boring. And that's basically yeah, all I she gets to do is say stuff like I that.
3: I would I honestly think that I would be more OK with a lot of the lines if I just wasn't hearing them from the like and it it is so hard to have voice actor discussions because like you have to be honest but you know the obviously people are saying these lines and it's like i mean to a certain extent you know people make games people make you're always talking about something that somebody created and it's like i really really try my best not to come off like an asshole but i just i don't like her performance i don't really like most of these characters performances i think Tails is all right but i think i i've just come to a place where at this point i'm gonna have to switch to the japanese stuff because <laughs> i can't it's do it underst- anymore it's understandable Weep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know honestly it's um... right. whenever whenever somebody mentions like weebs i i just have this intrusive thought like Someone grabbing glowing sticks and going like time to weep out and then Sandstorm starts playing.
0: <laughs> I thought Ryan was saying weep with a P. No, weep. I, no, it's like hose mad kind of thing. No, like uh, yeah, personally I disagree. Like, I, I think I've come around to Roger Craig Smith being just awful in Lost World, especially after playing this game and going back to that, it's just so high pitched, and then like. He actually sounds like a real human being in this game, so I think he's gotten a lot better. But at the same time, I also replayed some Sonic 06 and Secret Rings this year, and I think Jason Griffith is just an abhorrent Sonic. I hate him.
1: Oh, hell no.
2: You've talked about this before on the podcast, and it's it's funny. You said something that was almost word for word, something that that I also said, but independently. Like, I hadn't seen that podcast, but... It's the, he's the worst case of the four kids direction where you have to over enunciate every single syllable like this to keep the kid's attention.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I think honestly, if I hadn't grown up with Jason Griffith and he was happening right now, I don't know how I would feel about him if I'm going to be honest. And that's part of the reason why I want to just deprogram my brain in that regard and just Mm -hmm. be stuck with a, like a, a set group of actors that don't change all the damn time yeah yeah uh, all
0: i'm gonna say is at least roger craig smith can act but jason moving Ruben on let's, let's talk about the controls i, I think Fuck. roger Craig smith can act as well yeah
1: yeah roger craig smith is a great actor but also so is jason no yes well, <laughs> well let's
3: move on he- <laughs> okay yeah you, jason you i stand for one.
1: you Ignore X. So he's, he, he's, he, he he's a he was good as
0: Shadow and he was good as Sonic and Black Knight only. But what Nick told me is that he got acting lessons before Black Knight, and that's why he sounds a million times better in that game. But that was also his Ugh. last game. So, oh, uh, you know,
1: <laughs> you know, Let's it's really funny controls. if you
2: go back to the first few episodes of Sonic X, where you can tell everybody is doing their best impression of the previous actors. Jason Griffith trying to sound a little more like Ryan Drummond. Mike Pollock trying to sound like Dean Bristow before they eventually like gave up and did their own thing. Anyway, what Let's was the next the thing you controls. want to talk about, Exo? Because I to have talk some bright.
0: No, I want to talk about how they fucked up Knuckles and made him horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, where to even begin?
2: Okay, the, when he's climbing, and anytime you touch a non-climbable surface, he loses his grip and slides a bit. I don't see why that's necessary. Why can't he just like stop like in the adventure games?
0: And also when he was climbing around and I realized this too, because like with the default speed stat, his climbing is slippery, but manageable. But if you upgrade that to 99, then he, it's like he's slipping around like butter in a frying pan on these walls. And it just doesn't make any sense. He's climbing. <laughs> it shouldn't be this slippery. And like, I'm legitimately curious if the designers and programmers for this DLC actually played Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 before making these characters, specifically for Knuckles, because I don't know how you can go back and play the treasure hunting stages, whatever you want to say about them. At the very least, Knuckles controlled pretty well. He was pretty fast. The gliding was really responsive. The climbing felt pretty good. You know, like... The Dreamcast analog stick is a little overly sensitive, but that's kind of the worst of it. And then you go over to this, and it's like, there, for some reason, there needs to be a full second delay every time you glide. Every time you do a ground pound or a stomp, there needs to be a full second windup. When you're gliding, it needs to be like the Zelda glider, where you can barely steer yourself at all. But I I know why they
2: do stuff like that is to give those animations a feeling of oomph. Like, oh, this is going to be a really heavy ground pound. Here we are winding up. It's, I don't know. They think that extra half second will give you some like anticipation and make it more satisfying when it's just annoying because it just makes it take longer. Yes,
0: it interrupts the flow of the gameplay. And it's like Sonic doesn't need a full second delay when he stomps, Amy doesn't have a delay, but Tails and Knuckles both have a delay for their stomps. And it's like it's close enough that I feel like they must have they must
2: be familiar with how those characters play an adventure. They brought back like basically every attack they had in those games. Even some from Sonic 06, it feels like. Yeah. But I don't know if they were just watching a let's play, like if they were just watching Clement play it, or if they
0: actually sat down and did it themselves. Yeah. Like I I think of all the things, I hate the delays, but the fact that the glide is so under sensitive is to me the most unforgivable thing. Cause like, could you imagine trying to play the treasure hunting stages in the adventure games if the glide functioned that way? Hmm. Could you? Ju- could you imagine? Like, it would be. I'm not sure. It would be like borderline unplayable. And maybe I'm exaggerating, but I, I have no idea what they were thinking and why more people aren't talking about this. Like, all the people who are super hyped for the final boss in Supersonic 2, why aren't they talking about how awful the glide is? <sighs> I don't know. I found it mostly
2: manageable when I was, you know, basically flying over the island. But the second that I had to make an <laughs> acute turn, I yeah. I would overshoot, or I'd, I'd have to, like, drop out of the glide and then try to glide again or something. Mm-hmm. That was annoying. I, I will say, however, one of the highlights of the DLC for me, one of my favorite moments was that giant cube that you crawl around the inside of. It's that one place that people were screenshotting to show like how unnatural the it looks you know, in this realistic setting. But honestly, I, I love the level design inside that cube. Just going from wall to wall, navigating what looked like one of Escher's paintings or sketches, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that, that was just me.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm I'm going to agree with you if I have to give my positives for Knuckles. If you get over how he controls, the actual level design they gave for him was pretty good and used his unique mechanics well. Like, I really wish Knuckles could just climb on anything, especially since this is an open-world game and that'd actually be really useful, but can't for some reason. But for his dedicated platforming sections, there were some really interesting, like, you gotta glide to another wall opposite the camera, and the camera was fairly cooperative since you control it yourself, and uh, try to figure out where you can glide to from where, and I, I really did like his infinite glide. Like, if you get up onto a high enough area of the open world and you just glide, you can, like, soar across the whole map, and that was kind of fun. But yeah, between the slippery climbing and the terrible glide and the fact that he is constantly falling off the wall because he's touching something he can't climb on and he just drops like a rock. And then he has no normal enemies to punch. Yeah. Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric might be worse, but as far as, like, the mainline games, I think this is the worst that 3D Knuckles has ever played.
1: Man.
3: (laughs) Do you disagree? Yeah. I'd say Base 06 was worse, but yeah. Yeah, like I
2: I'll be clear, even though I do think Knuckles is very flawed, I don't think he's horrible to play as. I think he's alright. But I, I don't know, maybe I uh, I adjusted I, uh, I adjusted to the bullshit so fast that I barely even noticed it was happening to me. <laughs> Which I guess isn't an excuse.
0: But thankfully the other two characters are much better, in my opinion. Yeah. I would say I that I liked the tornado. Yes, the tornado is fun. I like you can fire the laser. Yes. Which is a reference. Oh, and
1: and even
2: look, I'm sorry. Everybody knows that you can fly and that it transforms that way. And when you're firing a laser, it stands in its two legged form. But if you boost along the ground, it converts into a car.
0: Huh. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you like push down, so you know, you're pressing against the ground. Instead of flying, it'll, you know, the wheels will come out and you'll just roll along like, like Gamma.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. I thought Amy was the best of the three characters. Like, her controls felt the most polished. I really miss the hammer, and I'm kind of annoyed that... Because, like, what I recall of the whole tarot card thing is that it was mentioned once in the manual of Sonic CD, and then, like, 20 years later it showed up in Sonic Origins, and that was kind of it. So I don't know why they're so overemphasized in her moveset for some reason, but that's a nitpick. It's like hitting people with cards or a hammer. I mean, I guess the hammer would have more interesting feedback but whatever, you don't fight anything with her anyway because the bosses are way overpowered. Mm-hmm. As far as the platforming goes, I like that they brought the triple jump from 06 back. I liked the glide. I liked her Sonic Lost World style multi lock on thing. Now, yeah, I mean, I guess she's not great, but she she played well, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the difference between her and Knuckles. Is Knuckles has more interesting mechanics, but he's programmed and controls like crap. So, and tails, I I liked. Uh, aside from his stomp and his flying, having a full second delay, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. I just, um, look, I, I can appreciate them giving him a
2: ranged attack, and they you know, they build a lot of sections around being able to throw things. But I miss also being able to hit things with his tails, you know, yeah. the thing that he is
0: known for. Yeah, oh well. And if I do have another nitpick of him, I understand why he doesn't have a homing attack, and frankly, I don't understand why Knuckles has one either, because he's never had one. But it does make him harder to use in the seed platforming sections that hypothetically anyone can play. As I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if you try to jump into one of those pulley string things that pull you upwards, like, it's really hard to get Tails to grab onto those things. Like, the collision is really tiny on it. Which is fine if you're playing as a character with a homing attack, but Tails doesn't have one, so... Ironically, the character who's best for platforming is only really good for the sections that are built for him. Because of that, but I don't know, it's it's okay. I can live with it. Yeah. Any other observations about how the characters play? I've got nothing. Uh, not uh, really.
2: Uh, I just I'm just glad that they're back
3: and that they were. I think ex- that they were pulled off as well as they were. It's really weird that. They have a Donkey Kong 64-like character selection process. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think that is a strange decision, to say the least.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you should just be able to press a button and change them like in Sonic Heroes. At least the second time you go around the island with them. Oh, well.
0: What would have been a good compromise is if you could go to any one of those map signs to change characters. Is at least they're everywhere. So you don't have to go all the way up to the north part of the island and climb the tower just to switch. Because, like, I think the idea is, and I know this for a fact because I had the shortcut uh, hack enabled for my second playthrough, is that you could totally break the towers in half, especially if you can switch characters on the fly and the platforming sections as well. So it's probably their thought process. But, you know, even Donkey Kong 64 had multiple character switching barrels on every level. It wasn't at the top of a tower. So the if top that, of
2: the final tower.
0: Yes. So let's talk about cyberspace. <laughs> let's talk about the final tower. <laughs> sure. Let's Cyber talk about space. the towers in general. Let's talk about all oh! that stuff. Okay,
2: okay, look, to sum up quickly, there were two that I was able to climb easily enough. But once like with the fans that you gotta fling oh, yourself God. with just the right trajectory. The other ones I, I just could not beat them without easy mode, which again throws in lots of extra balloons and stuff that you can spring so you can homing attack on, which basically just turns into standard Sonic-level design. But gosh, I pity anyone who had to go through those the normal way. Oh, I did. Uh, I did. I
3: beat all of them legitimately. If I'm going to be honest with you, the towers did not give me that much problem. I mean, they were, I think they were probably the most fun I had during the DLC.
0: Really?
2: So, I guess that means look, anything
3: to anybody. For me, the, the problem is,
2: it's, it's just my anxiety. The threat of having to repeat an entire section makes me so jittery that, it, you know, my hands get shaky and it's just hard for me to do the simple act of pushing buttons to play the game, which I guess is just a me problem. Like, in Sonic Superstars, when I got to the end of Trips campaign, you know, the, the final boss, uh, Fang, oh my god. Yeah, the second phase with this giant robot, it actually isn't that bad. Even with all the insta-kill attacks, it's a pretty fun fight. The problem is, there's that constant threat of having to repeat the first phase, just four minutes or more of Simon Says, waiting for an to throw rockets at you, waiting for him to make his death laser spinny things, waiting for him to, you know, go up and that. But the point is the stress of knowing that I'm going to have to go through all that over again. Just to try again against that that second phase made it unbearable for the th- like over three hours that I was stuck on it. And that's yeah. basically how it is for these towers or something like that bus rush. It's just the, that that anxiety from the ever-present threat that you're gonna have to do it all over again.
3: That mm-hmm. ends up making you <laughs> I got that during the boss rush. Yeah, it ends up <laughs> definitely it
2: ends up making you screw up more and have to go yes. through it all again.
1: My whole thing with the towers, (laughs) I mean, Sonic Frontiers, I will defend this game. I like it a lot. I can admit that, yes, it is a very janky game. But at the same time, like regarding the vanilla game, it doesn't really ever ask you to do anything too extreme. Like the level design is never so airtight. Like there's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of leeway. Right. So in a sense, it's pretty forgiving. So then you climb these towers and some of these are like making you do like these super precise jumps or these super like super airtight maneuvers and everything. That's when the jank really starts to show. And that's when the game feels genuinely worse. I did not have fun climbing these towers because like that's when all of the jank and like all of like the weird little issues just kind of pile on and they become like the most apparent when it's like asking you to do things that like the game did not. Ever really prepare you to do so? I mm. i, I, didn't I really... guess the
3: the paradigm shift for me is that I, I dealt with that drink the whole game, so it was just another mm. Tuesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the day that uh m Bison came to your village was the worst day of your life, <laughs> but for for me it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a rare instance where King and I seem to be on the same page. I enjoyed the towers for the most part, but I hated the fourth one with the fans. That one made me want to do.
3: No, there's a part in that one that was kind of bullshit. It's like, I'll agree that right near the top, like you have to get like a quick siloop yeah. on something. Well, I remember that. That's the only one I remember. And it's because of that. Yeah. Like vividly, I remember that section. I was like, oh, yeah.
0: Well,
1: there's also like... one where it's like you have to get on this grind rail that's like a circle. and Then you have to like boost and then jump to land on another grind rail that is also a circle. But, like, mm-hmm. you can also clip through the rail, and it's like, oh, so now I have to do <laughs> well, it all again. Well, what
3: I, well, this is what I'm saying, right? Yeah, that stuff happens. But that shit, like, that was happening to me through the whole game. So it's like, yeah, I guess it's a problem, but that extends to the whole game for me. I don't know. I
1: don't know. Like, in the in the base game, I never really noticed it that much. Because, again, it's like, okay, yeah, if you fell through, there's usually something to catch you. Like, there Rails, was always
3: something. generally, I think were the buggiest thing that I encountered in the base game. hmm like, trying to switch rails, going too fast on rails, it often felt like they had no idea how fast you could use those things.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, what these games really need is the ability to turn around on a rail. Because, like, it seemed like half the time I'd land on a rail, I'd go in the wrong direction. Then I'd have to try to awkwardly jump and spin myself around and land back on the rail. Like, if you could just tap left stick to flip around and it slowed you down... That would solve the problem right there. So I don't know why that's not in the game. Yeah, but I I did want to bring this up is that when the original game came out, there was a lot of discussion about automation. I think Jay even made a whole video about it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, replaying the base game, there are a lot of rails in this game in general. And I mean that literally, where like most of the they're they're fairly emphasized in the memory token challenges. And even in the Cyberspace levels to an extent. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a way of creating a safety net for lesser experienced players, I guess, so that you get the satisfaction of going fast and feeling like a speed demon without the risk of, you know, falling off of a platform and killing yourself as often. It's kind of the difference between this game and the later stages in Sonic Unleashed. Or like Sonic Unleashed is a game where it's really easy to kill yourself because the controls are kind of not very good. Whereas this game. There, there's a lot of automation in it, and it did make it kind of... I did notice it more on the second playthrough, so I guess that is something that they did address in this update, like even in the cyberspace levels, is that you have more direct control of your character than you do in the base game, which is, I suppose, what made these towers kind of fun. Is Like, I totally agree with you, Nick, that there should be some checkpoints and an ability to pick up from an area so that if you die on a really tricky part you don't have to redo the entire tower that's the funny thing is you're not even it's not even just dying it's having to wait and watch as you fall all the way back down <laughs> yes but i did think that even in the cyberspace levels in this there are some really interesting uses of platforming that they haven't done probably since 06 or maybe rise of lyric i don't really remember that game that well it's it's because
2: they're they're more confident. That's one thing I noticed is yeah, there's a lot more automation in the early game. But even the more recent stuff that has been added to those earlier islands are it's it's less automated. And that tells me that you know they're taking the training wheels off or the guardrails rather because they are putting more faith in the players. That's why like so much stuff was so automated for so many years was because people would screw up somehow and then they would blame the game and they would say yeah. the Sonic is just. Badly designed. The Sonic was never good. So they put in all those guardrails to ensure that nothing would go wrong and people couldn't get mad. But now, you know, they're taking those guardrails off and they're getting a lot more bold with a level design. Now it's like, it's not just the things they're asking you to do. It's the
3: things you can do. You know what I mean? Well, I figure that we should talk about that boss rush. (laughs) that's an inevitable topic.
2: The most annoying part is that you have to approach the bosses the same way every time, which isn't so bad with, the with you know, one and three. But with Wyvern, of course, you got to go up the tower and then you got to make it through the entire section where you're following it, which takes like an extra, what, three minutes. They should have just skipped that and started you like, you know, with the actual boss uh, fight.
1: Yeah. And th- they didn't do that because they're sneaky little fucks because it's like, oh, hey, you only got 400 ranks to start. And uh, if you get hit during any of the the climbing sequences, you're 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 shit out of luck. Try again, asshole. It's like it they sucks. want you
2: to. It's like they want you <laughs> to lose some, just so it's that much harder.
1: I remember I was on Wyvern for a while, for a while, and then I finally beat him. And then I get to Knight, and Knight is already pretty janky, and he was just standing there. I take one step forward, and then this guy's spinning around like an asshole, spikes come out of nowhere, and then I only had, like, 30 rings left, because I got hit. I was livid, because I had to do it all over again, <laughs> and
2: then again, that's when
0: I decided. That's, easy. I'm that's, putting that's did... a deep that's... lore callback right there.
2: Easy mode is your friend.
1: That's when I discovered easy mode, and I'm like, oh, and <laughs> then I put it on easy mode, <laughs> and then i beat when it on you my first try. On,
3: I I tried to do this on either normal or hard. It might have been hard. So i think the game was just set to hard because that's how you get the true ending. Yeah. And so i was trying it on that for a very very long time and then eventually i was just like, okay, well i guess switching it to easy increases your parry timing. So like i switched it to easy and immediately i won. Yeah. Like cuz the it, it's kind of like when goku does the training weights on his way to namek. It's like when you play it on hard over and over and over again, the discrepancy between the time that you get to react in hard and easy mode doesn't sound like a lot on paper, but it is like night and day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> on and on hard
2: mode, mode you it's like it's frame perfect. But on easy mode, you get like almost a second and a half to react to things.
3: Yeah. It's great. Because it still technically works the same way in that as long as you're holding the button down, you have like a few seconds for that to work. Mm-hmm. So all you really have to do is get a, a little bit of a better feel for when the animation comes out, but then hold the button down in advance. You can still do that. You just have to be a little more tactical about it. And then I instantly beat it. But let me tell you, plan on hard mode revealed how those fights were designed without a perfect parry in mind. I mean, yes. obviously, because the perfect parry was never a thing. And th- it gets into a thing of like, People criticized the fact that the parry, you could just sit there and hold it. But, like, and I'm one of those people Mm -hmm. because it just kind of seemed weird to have a parry if it wasn't a parry. But also, trying to fix it like this to me is an unhinged decision. (laughs) Like, I do not understand the logic there. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, so the parry's broken. Here you go. And it's like, this is what uh, okay. you wanted, right? Yeah, it's like, OK, so you're now going to ask me in a game that has never, ever asked me to perfect parry. You are now going to ask me to perfect parry within like a frame window on hard yeah. mode against bosses that you never had to fucking care about it with.
2: Also, please t- tell me I'm not the only person here who who realized immediately that Wyvern is just 3D Doomsday Zone.
0: Well, that's pretty much what Egg Mother Nigga Wisp was, wasn't it? I'm afraid I haven't played the the Dea uh, Sonic Colors. Yeah. and so was the forward camera parts of the time eater, if I recall. I guess, but like here, you know, you're bouncing the missiles back at him. You know, it, I don't know. Oh, I just... yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think I may have had the hardest time with this boss rush of all of us because I suck at video games. Hey, but wait I a minute. Played, That's uh, well, a call you're, back. Called Ry- you're called You're Ry- Rhyrule now. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who doesn't realize, a hundred years ago, Ryan used to be called the Ryan Sucks at Video Games channel. Trademark. The second time I played this, I guess another observation I want to make, Nick, is that I totally get where you're coming from, from not really having good sense of how to time a perfect parry in like a traditional character action game as people call it now but i do want to note that even in those games if you're guarding when something hits you you take less damage unless if it's like a guard break move which you're supposed to dodge usually most games have a dodge and a guard and then there are specific types of attacks that you're supposed to use both responses for even the new ass creed game has that and uh, like usually, you if you just hold the thing, you won't parry them, but you won't take damage either. And that's not in this game. All you have is like, you know, the actual parry thing, which makes it even weirder that they react so violently to you just standing there raising your everything-proof shield during the boss battles. Whereas with this, you're you're being punished for not being perfect which isn't even in any of uh, those types of games. So. so this is actually harder than those types of games are even. Yes. E- even in, like, like God of War 2 has a pretty prominent perfect parry system with the Golden Fleece. Mm-hmm. And even that has a much more generous timing to it than this game does. Like, they they got really ridiculous with how specific it is. And uh, I think Elise Mango Milk managed to do it on hard, but I, I couldn't be asked, uh, I went down to easy mode as well, and when I replayed the game, I just turned on a mod that changed it to like two seconds. And there's a one second version of the mod as well, which might be a good compromise for you guys, where it's like, it's specific enough that you have to time it, but not so specific that, you know, you're running into issues with the leg on your <laughs> TV. If I anything. ever
3: play it again, I'll use the two second mod, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. These bosses were never designed for it. <laughs> yes. I, like, fighting fucking Wyvern, there are some attacks Wyvern has yeah. where I have no fucking clue where his hitbox attack thing is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's incredibly, like, unintuitive. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: totally agreed. And I completely agree with Nick's observation about the forced runner section before Wyvern and there are all <laughs> the unskippable cutscenes yeah.
2: and is. It's like it was deliberate. G- g- going through that once is fine.
0: But going yeah. through it on, on the boss rush? No. Yes. that It feels like it was deliberately designed to be malicious. That's yes, how it comes that's off. that's what I said. <laughs> like, it, it feels like Kishimoto and his designers were sitting around a table and it's like, what can we do to really piss them off? And I'm sure that's not really what happened, but that's how it comes across. 400 rings is too many. Yeah. I don't know how you design something this annoying by accident, unless you didn't test it at all. That's That was just how I felt about it. It was easier the second time when I knew the precise, exact string of movements I was supposed to do for these bosses. Like, the optimal strat is get up close to them, spam the sonic boom until your siloop cage fills up, attack them once, and then press X to do a psyloop around them to lock them up. Then you do double damage. And then you use the siloop again to make them fall back to the ground so you don't have to wait. But even then, sometimes I do a siloop and it just wouldn't register, especially in fucking Wyvern. Wyvern only gets Psylooped when it feels like it. Hmm. And the same thing happens with Knight. Where it, and also with Knight, there's that thing where you're just supposed to know that if you sidestep while it's raising its shield, you could target its head. Which you have to know for the final boss as well. But the game just never tells you that that's a thing you can do, as far as I remember. And I've seen all the tutorials this might be a wrong moment but i don't care well they had to
1: sidestep in order to target the thing for uh, the end yes no no Um, that is you're you're right on the money
0: yeah so that boss rush sucked i I do want to say one thing about the boss rush though
1: i just kind of like want to add like a little tidbit here where it's like like, i remember when this was fresh and people were saying like oh now can we admit that the titan fights sucked and that they were never good and i'm like no, because it's just like you're fighting these bosses with a mechanic that they were not designed for. Yeah. These fights with the perfect parry, they aren't good. And it's not like as if the Titan fights were like something on the level of God of War or Devil May Cry or anything like that. But they're they're meant to be over the top, super crazy, balls to the wall action. I don't really think they're meant to be super difficult. They're just supposed to be fun and 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 entertaining. They're
2: they're a victory lap. They're the payoff yeah. for you know making it through the late at the Styland.
1: And, and not I to say that the, I think they're boo boo bis baby easy. Like they can be pretty hard, but like it's not really the point. If that makes any sense, it's like they they uh, have a job, they have a purpose, and they do that purpose very well.
2: I will so, say, I'm sorry. Nick. The last the last one, you know, Supreme as the end. I thought it was great. Yes, it, it is annoying. That that you have to switch targets by just like nudging against it enough, but but even with that, I think the the, the boss fight was just the right length. You know, I had like just the right amount of hype moments. I think the challenge, you know, w- was pretty decent considering that you know he can attack your teammates and stuff like that. I, oh, I like yeah, the attacks. Yeah. And w- what else? What else? Yeah, I love that you you know you had to pick up the gun and fire it back at him, and and even with all of that. I like how whether you go in there with 400 rings or 999, that doesn't necessarily make the boss fight easier because towards the end of it, it balances things out by taking away all of your rings except your last 100. And then Mm. you have that window to just wail on it and
1: finish it off. Yeah.
2: So it's pretty balanced. If
1: if we could talk about the final boss for a bit. Sure. Before we talk about cyberspace. um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) i only say that because i know exo doesn't like cyberspace but you know we'll we'll cross the road when we get there i liked the fight with cybersonic but this felt like phase two in a three phase boss it felt like as if it was missing a final phase it's like you fight supreme and then you fight supreme with the moon But like, I think there needed to be, and Nick, you were also kind of talking about this a little bit too, where it's like, you know, there's like some things that you like better in the vanilla, some things you like better in the DLC. I'm kind of the same way, where it's like, I think that there needed to be a fight with the end. And I I liked the premise in the vanilla game, where it's like, it's Sage and Sonic teaming up, and uh, you know, they're taking on the end that way, and you got to fly around in space. Like, the thing that I always thought is like, okay, well, maybe we could do something like, um something in the style of the final boss for sonic unleashed where it's like at first you control you control the titan and like you're shooting the <laughs> the end with like a giant gun and then after that you get to play as like cybersonic like that would have well, been cool look, I, but it just ends i
2: think i think an easy way to do it w- without like making a ton of new assets or a new gameplay style is just have another wyvern fight you know have it take place in space against the the end and it literally being doomsday zone in 3d yeah. I think that would have been a good way to, to add to it, because the Ikaruga section, it really does just come out of nowhere. And it um, sucks. And I admit, while, while fighting the end itself is fun enough, I do also appreciate just it, like, dominating the sky. Like, no, you, you can't fight that, but here's something you can fight. It's basically mm. coming down to your level. There's something I appreciate mm. about that, too.
3: I think it's personally kind of weird how much they focus on, like, What they dub in the game files as Supersonic 2, but technically we don't have a name for as of yet. They call it, they actually call it Supersonic 2? Well, it's labeled that in the files. It doesn't necessarily (laughs) mean that that's what it's called, but like, because they don't really call it anything in the game, but it is clearly like a powered up supersonic transformation where his eyes change a different color. I find it odd how much focus was placed on that. When there's also like a, a cyber corruption thing that he has that is still just in a cutscene for a few seconds, <laughs> yeah, it would be like, cool if you we could play, play a set.
2: Because, look, here's the thing. I know people wanted to see Hypersonic or Darkspine Sonic or something, but no, they had to come up with a form for this game that was, you know, it's like the will of the ancients channeled through you. You know, it's resolving their story. That's the significance of it. Something like Hypersonic wouldn't be thematically appropriate here. That said, it's just Supersonic with differently colored eyes and a red aura. So, Yeah. yeah, Cybersonic? That's more clearly, you know, tied into everything else in the game. So if that was Supersonic Two, I think, and you could, you know, use that form in the fight, I think that'd be great.
0: Yeah, because the only real difference gameplay wise for for lack of a better term, Supersonic Two is that his parry is worse.
3: Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. Is that I unlocked Supersonic Two, and you get the text box right, and I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh, cool. My parry's worse. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, I'm glad I it. spent
0: six hours climbing those towers and
3: being a stupid Bosh rush for this, <laughs> this to make my parry worse. Well, and that's like, it's kind of an emblematic moment for me, where I'm like, I look at this DLC and its attempts to like quote unquote fix everything, and like, it doesn't really feel like it fixed as much as it kind of like, in some ways, it added moments for characters that they didn't have where they, in the original, like the story kind of just stopped happening at the end. Yeah. Like, I guess it fixed it in some ways, but it also just kind of feels like a, a weird random alt ending. <laughs> like, and that's one of the reasons why uh, is like the cybersonic form was something I thought was just the shoe in. Like it felt like something they were coding into the game In the original, like they were laying the pieces down that Sonic was going to get like a, the cyber corruption was going to mean something. But then somewhere along the way, they, they were like, uh, we don't really have time to do that. So let's just kind of end his cyber corruption immediately. But now it feels like, yeah, they gave him a cyber corruption form, but like for marketing sake or like, (laughs) I I don't know. They were like, well, we'll just do supersonic too. And Cyber Corruption Sonic is still in a cutscene, even though I feel like my big problem with the final boss is that it just kind of feels like the end, but like he has weird, wacky Bloodborne animations and he crawls (laughs) on the ground. Like (laughs) It's very strange, and it leaves me feeling conflicted about both endings of the game, and that is just kind of
2: weird. I'll personally just say I love... You know it's animation stuff that the idea that it's gone completely feral because it's possessed by the th- by, by the end's weird energy like one of the most horrific details I noticed was that its legs are now bent backwards so it can have that posture I think it's a big enough change it's it's kind of like the different forms of dark Gaia for people who like dark Gaia you know I don't know,
0: <laughs> I, don't know. I just I like how quickly the demeanor of it changed mm-hmm as for me, like I know you were saying that you thought it was decently challenging, Nick. Actually, that's where the boss rush actually works against the game. What, because the, the boss rush t- is so balls hard. Well, the boss rush teaches you to spam Sonic Boom to fill up your Psyloop gauge, Psyloop the boss, and then spam Sonic Boom because while you're doing it, the enemy can't move and you could dr- melt their health bar really fast. And if you do that on this final boss, he won't even have an opportunity to hit. The other characters making the shield. Then all that's really left of the boss is the obscure parts where you're just supposed to know you could sidestep to hit the healing cord thing, and that you're supposed to quick loop the gun twice so that Eggman can grab it. And then, like, part of me kind of appreciates the tension of having most of your rings get sucked away. But the first time I was playing that boss, it was just kind of like, oh come on, I've drained your health bar like three times now. Why are I you understand. still alive? Uh, look,
2: I'll, I'll just say, look, the cord, they should have made an easier way to attack it, because I think it's pretty obvious seeing essentially an umbilical cord connected to the to the end. I think most people will put together, oh, I got to cut that. It's just that they don't make it easy to do that, unfortunately. They don't make it easy to change targets. Like, there isn't a mechanic to do that. Uh, that's yeah. the problem with that part. As for the gun, having to siloop that to pick it up, I think that's perfectly fine because it's a it's a thematic callback to to night where you know you see that cutscene where Sonic side loops the sword. It's like, hey, if he yeah. could side loop the sword, maybe I can side loop this gun.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest, like that was a, that was also my train of thought.
0: It's a full circle moment. I understood it when you when it's like stuck in the ground that that was what you're supposed to do, but uh, when it's on his back, it wasn't something. That's another thing. They should have made it more apparent that you could switch to that target because really,
2: like, there are three targets on the end. There's his head, there's there's the, the the cord, and then there's the hole on his back. I wish there had been like extra retic- reticles uh, or... Retic- I don't know how to pronounce it. Reticle? Basically, I wish there were extra targets on
0: those parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to kind of conclude, it, it just felt like this final boss was making itself up as it went along which I suppose you could argue is true for the other Titans as well. But to me, it it felt like a lot more difficult to figure out, whereas I could figure it out even Supreme and Knight right away when I played the game the first time. So I know it was kind of cool to have all the characters play into that final boss and actually get to do something in the climax. But other than that, I honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I preferred the Ikaruga boss fight. (laughs) Um, I understand
2: I guess like that first playthrough having to figure everything out that is a little rough but if I just you know turn on the game and pick up the controller right now I think it's a really fun fight and I think it might be the, like the best balance out of all of them uh, probably you know because of like like a, a, at the end I I know it's
0: hard to tell what I'm saying when I say the end mm-hmm. well uh, we've been going for a while so let's quickly yeah. wrap up with the cyberspace stages Congrats. yes yeah
3: So, um, Cyberspace, I did not like in the original, and, uh, to nobody's surprise, I don't like it (laughs) here either, so. It it just has all the same problems, but with stranger things in them. (laughs) Which season? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I can't believe you do this to me. Are are Um, people, is
0: someone gonna play master puppets on the roof of a house in this
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, there's just some, like... So my original problems with cyberspace was like they're not original level themes. There is an in baked excuse for it, but I just think at this point I'm done with this bullshit. Like, come on, stop fucking doing this. Like Please. Sega, make some new Sonic team, make some new this. assets. Yeah. Why are Sonic's memories consisting of three locations? Right? <laughs> what is wrong with his head? The exact same three locations that happen to be in
0: generations <laughs> that we have a pile of assets already made for. That's awfully like, convenient. That's-
3: that's the problem with original cyberspace It's a problem here too uh, whatever they're they're using the same levels so like I can't really fault them what like th- the bigger problem for me is that beyond anything else that was going on in the original levels where I um mostly disliked the two d ones to their credit, I think all of these are three d mm-hmm. yes, I think, which is nice. There are some levels where you can use, like, you can abuse the spin dash and stuff, and it's kind of cool. They're trying to be, like, chemi- like...
2: They're trying to be sonic Adventuresque level design.
3: Yeah. There's, like, a chemical plant level that I think that I enjoyed. I had a lot of ramps. But, um, fuck if I am ever going to go for the side shit in these levels, <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> that shit sounds... cool the like am i the only one one first who time did it i encountered the like carrying a flicky on your back i was like what in the fuck is this <laughs> like what, what is actually <laughs> happening right now there's a bunch of stuff like that it's just weird there's a level where like you get rocket boost which i got the rocket boost and i was like oh this seems kind of cool but then like most of the level is you just hold down rocket boost and sonic like goes on a, a linear track and you don't really even have to do anything you just kind of like sit there hold the rocket boost and you like rocket boost through enemies so hard that it looks like the game's about to crash <laughs> I, I don't know it it doesn't really and this is the thing with frontiers as a whole for me is that i i load into levels like this and it feels like like i really 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 try my best not to be mean when i say things like this but it, it, it reminded me of like what you'd see in like that weird sonic roblox game sometimes like i don't really know what's happening like there's just a bunch of like they took the same cyberspace levels they threw a bunch more shit on top of it there's this level where there's like cars for miles like yes! the same car <laughs> yes! model. and i'm like
2: what is like and it's lower gravity so it's like you're
3: basically supposed to it's like cosmic wall
2: <laughs> it's just fucking ah!
3: weird and I, like I don't even know it's just I don't currently feel like I understand what they're cooking like I, I just don't get it and I hope that by the next time that I'm playing a Sonic game I do get it and uh, that's that in a nutshell
0: I think so. if, uh, what they're cooking is in an RV out in the Arizona desert <laughs> 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 yeah that's how I feel sometimes yes <laughs> Like I, I like most of the cyberspace levels,
2: I think they're inoffensive. They're they're short. They don't interrupt the rest of the game much. By the uh, by, the last few islands, I barely even touched them. Mm-hmm. They're
1: not they're nothing special. I got some things to say about cyberspace.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say, by the way, that because I know this conversation is gonna be a lot, I I do I have to disappear now. So, okay. Um,
1: Fare you. thee well, King. Later, I actually
3: don't have much s-
2: at all to say about cyberspace that I haven't already you know i oh i i well, I whatever. got some
1: things to say about cyberspace <laughs> i got some, i got some fun fun things so i'm i'm a i'm a paint a little bit of a picture here if you don't mind so in the previous <laughs> sonic frontiers podcast that we did, I said that the cyberspace stuff in the vanilla game I genuinely feel this like I felt it back then. I feel it now, despite the updates, like, you know, the spin dash, the power boost, you know, some of the tweak physics, it helped cyberspace, but it didn't make it better. Right. Cyberspace felt like some of the worst Sonic content in years. I genuinely thought it was terrible. Right. Mm -hmm. For the reasons, you know, I don't want to, you know, be that guy, but for the reasons, you know, go ahead and check that out if you haven't already. But I, I couldn't stand it. And the kind of like weird dichotomy that I had was that like I genuinely Thoroughly enjoyed the majority of the open zone stuff, and I very much yeah. disliked the cyberspace stuff. Here comes the final horizon, right? And I was yeah. honestly kind of flabbergasted that they had cyberspace because it's kind of pointless here. You know, this in cyberspace, you do the extra missions to get the lookout cocoa, but you can find them everywhere, yeah. in the overworld, right? So, I beat the like my first time playing through uh, the final horizon i did not do a single cyberspace level not a single one cuz i didn't need to i already unlocked all the towers i was set right so i actually had to go back and find them myself and um the the weird thing with uh, the final horizon is that like the overworld stuff i genuinely did not really enjoy i didn't really care for a lot of it i fucking loved the cyberspace <laughs> i fucking loved it I knew do you I were going to see that. Do I think it was good? Probably not. But you could break these stages like a goddamn kick cap bar. You could break these stages <laughs> in half. You are Bane. The levels are Batman. It is great. <laughs> it is so much fucking fun. And like every... what? I, okay, so what I liked about them, for one... Yes, there are optional things to do, like getting the silver medals, getting the little numbers, finding the flickies. Hey, are they fun to do? No, but, <laughs> but, 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 but but the way how they are placed in the context of the levels, you cannot get all things in one go unless if you play through these levels multiple, multiple, multiple times so that you understand them. But, you know, a lot of times you are going to be able to do that. You know, they're placed in out-of-the-way spots, so you actually have to kind of explore, and you have to, like, stop what you're doing to, like, figure out, like, hey, where is everything? How can I get everything? That wasn't the case in the original game. In the original game, you could run in a straight line, you get everything, and you're done. So there was no need to replay these levels. And also, with the original game, it's like they were just, the majority of them were just levels from previous games, and they also didn't feel as good. That kind of is true here, but they also added just some, some extra little nugget of bullshit Where it's like, oh, now you have to race tails. Oh, you got a bomb strapped to your back. You better get going, buddy. Oh, you better watch (laughs) out because there are invisible mines all over the place. You don't want to bump into one. Whenever I loaded inside one of these cyberspace stages, I had a grin on my face the entire time because I was was excited to see what they were going to do. It was a thrill. I loved it. They weren't great, but they were so much fucking fun. King was talking about the level with all the cars. I played through (laughs) that level so many fucking times. (laughs) <laughs> not 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 because it was too hard, but because I was genuinely having fun. Just going off a ramp and just skipping through the entire level, going all the way, looking for the hidden exit. One thing I do genuinely like is that now they're like hidden exits. I like that. And I want to see that come next game. I think that's genuinely really good, right? But I'm just yeah. saying, I don't know. They These delighted me. They tickled me. And sometimes I'm not going to lie. I do. I pop the game on my PS5, and sometimes I just play through them again. And I don't go. E- I don't even go after the extra shit. I just play through it and look for the optional exit. <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry. Oh, EXO, carry us away. Oh. your turn.
0: <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to all of that. <laughs> Okay, here are some things I'm going to grant you. Like King said, the whole thing is 3D. There's no 2D sections in any of these levels. Yeah. Also, like you said, in these levels, you could spin dash off of ramps and just get insane distance. And that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. And I would say that in terms of like sheer level design, just in terms of like the actual layouts of platforms and stuff. This is a noted improvement over the levels from the base game, the cyberspace levels from the base game, which all felt pretty safe. I mean, I get why they're like that, because if they make them too hard, then the normies will complain. And so with this DLC, long-time fans are the ones who are going to be playing them, so you can make them actually a little challenging. Like, there's good stuff in these levels. There was even some actual precision platforming for the first time in these, and I can't even remember how long. Like, that one city level where you have to jump on the uh, uh, skewed iron boxes to try to reach the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there hasn't been anything like that in a 3D Sonic game in, like, 20 years. So, like, I appreciated all of those things. I'm going to grant you all of that. I understand why you enjoy playing these levels. But holy Jiminy Cricket Crimbus Christ (laughs) motherfucker. Those (laughs) missions were some dog shit. And we gotta talk about them. I've done well, them the all thi- twice now.
1: Here's the thing, though, that I will grant you, is that, like, when I played through it, and I, I will let you finish, regarding the base game, you felt more of an incentive to go after all the other missions because they had a crucial unlockable. They got the Chaos Emerald keys, you know? So yeah. you kind of felt more like you had to do it. I didn't, at the very least, I didn't feel that with with these. You could literally run in, grab what you need, and get out, you know? You could just see the cyberspace yeah. stage. And then beat it, and then you're done. And you you don't have to go after the extra stuff. The extra stuff is there if you want to do it.
0: Well, technically, you don't have to play the game at all. Well,
1: technically, I don't have to uh, shit my pants. I don't know.
0: But you probably <laughs> exactly. shouldn't shit your pants.
1: <laughs> and you probably okay, shouldn't so, go after the extras.
0: So here's my thing. I totally get it. You are correct. You can... Because they put so many Lookout cocoa in the open zone, you can get way more than you'll ever need and never have to touch a cyberspace level. That was also my experience. But I was determined to get my $0.00 worth of this DLC and actually play them through and 100% the whole thing, because I did it for the base game. Why not? How hard can it be? (laughs) And um, my opinion is the Secret Exits, those were cool. The tails races, those were also fine because it was basically like, hey, find the fastest sprout and you can integrate that with the S ring and get them both in one go. Yeah, fine. And even the stuff where it's like, get to the end without triggering a mind. That's pretty straightforward. What I hate are those rings and especially those goddamn animals. Oh, my <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay, So, yeah, the animals were really bad. And I think. Several I, I couldn't beat those. a single one of those. Like, what, did, do you
2: have to carry them each one at a time to the end of the level?
0: No, there's like a little blue ring that you have to carry them to. Still, annoying. And it's usually hidden, yeah. Like, the problem with them is a lot of these levels, like, I want to say there was a level that was like Honeycomb Highway from Sonic Lost World with a lot of hexagonal platforms. Is that the one and, with the power boost? Uh, I think it was in that level, yes. It was the one with all the buzz (laughs) That's the one it felt uh, like. There were all of these, because like a lot of them, you'd jump, you'd you'd make these big jumps, and then there'd be like six different honeycomb cells that you could land in. And I'm like, oh, one of the animals has got to be in these. Otherwise, why would they have so many of them? Like, I've got to explore and find these things. And it's like, no, the animals are all on the golden path. But they're also small enough that you can run right past them and not even notice them. Or they're on a lower path that you can't see because the camera's not focusing on them. So for every single one of these levels, I had to look up where the animals were. Because I could not for the life of me find them by myself. So which means that when I replayed them the second time, I already knew where they all were. And it wasn't as bad the second time because I knew roughly where they were this time and where to take them. But the other big problem with these levels is that there is not a single goddamn checkpoint in any of them. Yeah, and it does it does the annoying thing that <clears throat> you guys remember the cue ball, the pool ball, red ring from Sonic Lost World. Yes, it's like these cyberspace levels were filled with like six of them, <laughs> or like <laughs> it, it's like every one of these missions for the green rings and the silver moon rings were all like that you Do gotta go to this specific section of the level and you need to because it's, it's really easy to miss them sometimes because sometimes maybe they're in a path that's not readily visible or maybe the numbered rings are there's this one city level with the mines where like the numbered rings are spread out through the entire level and there's a secret path that goes to a rail that you have to let yourself get hit by a mine to reach or there was that one annoying city level that had, like, the uh, the three-gear boost thing. That gimmick. one I
1: never understood. Like it, I don't It's basically you is. speed
0: up the longer you hold the button, is all it is. Oh. But the silver moon rings, it's like, imagine trying to play Speed Highway in Sonic Generations without the drift mechanic, and you go way slower, and you have much less control of yourself. Like, the controls just don't feel right. And basically what they want to do immediately at the start of the level is you're supposed to get all five of these things in a row without hitting a single car and while holding the the boost down the whole time. And it doesn't sound that hard, but the sensitivity is bad. The thing with the silver moon medals is you have to get them all within a specific time frame where the last one will disappear and you can't get it. And another thing with all of these missions is you have to get everything in one go. It's not like the red rings where if you miss one, You can just go back and get the one you missed and then beat the level and you're done. You have to get all five silver moons and all five numbered rings and all however many of the animals all in one go. Yeah. And if you die, they all reset. So I swear to God, I was re-rescuing the animals in that Mine City stage like a hundred different times because the the game just refused to save any of my progress. And that got frustrating.
1: My favorite thing about these uh, Find the Animal missions is that There is no animation that plays when Sonic picks up an animal. He literally stands there, and then his body just snaps and contorts to holding the animal. And it's the funniest thing. It looks so bad. I just wanted to share that with you.
0: I I could rant much longer, but I think you guys get the picture. They're annoying, and they suck. And really, if you just put in a checkpoint in these levels, it would be so much better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like... These missions are annoying. Like, the base levels can be fun. There is something to these. I see why you like them. But it seems like the game is just constantly fighting against itself to be fun. Because, like, for some reason, we couldn't put a single checkpoint in any of these levels. You have to beat them all in one go. And everything has to reset every time you die. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why. These missions would be so much more fun if it wasn't so do or die. So...
1: That I understand. Like I said, and like I, I didn't really like make it a point to go after them because like I knew, I knew it was going to be bullshit. And from everything <laughs> that you said, yeah, it is. <laughs> like I mean, maybe there was like one or two stages where it's like, oh hey, I managed to get all the moon rings, or oh hey, I managed to get all the numbers, or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's not something I actively tried to do, and I don't think I will. Like, I was able to like run through these things. I got the S ranks on all of them, and that was more than enough for me.
0: Yeah. So, but that's but that you know, like you said, even when you actually do finish the missions, they're pointless because yeah, they're way more than enough lookout cocoa to go around. So, it's like it's pretty much just for intrinsic satisfaction, and they weren't very intrinsically satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they fail all around. I only did them because I'm a sucker for completing platformers, yeah, even though it's a lot of the time it's painful. It's my own character flaw that's to blame for this. <laughs> so yeah well
1: do we have anything else to say regarding the dlc i mean we covered the characters the level design cyberspace towers boss rush final boss what else was there
0: like i said i i enjoyed it much more the second time like Mm -hmm. even aside from the mods just knowing what the hell was going on just knowing why i couldn't climb the wall or that I wasn't going to need to talk to that one Elder Coco until later, knowing where the animals already all were. Like, just having previous experience with this made it better. It it shouldn't be required to have that to enjoy it, but that's true for uh, virtually every Sonic game I've ever played, so that isn't, like, really bland. Even Sonic Adventure 2, as much as I love it, has jank in it, and some stuff that isn't clear the first time you play it. If I have to play it more than once to kind of get it, fine. I'm not over to the moon with that fact, but I'll live with it. But I highly recommend to anyone watching this, if you're gonna play it, play it with mods, please. Uh you will enjoy yourself a lot more. Knuckles will actually be playable, and um the boss brush won't be as annoying.
1: Meh. I guess uh my closing thought would be that like I wasn't I mean, it's hard to say that I was disappointed by it because I genuinely don't know what I was expecting from the final DLC. I think with the other two waves that we got, I was genuinely surprised by what we got so i guess you know there was like a little bit of heightened expectation I was like okay well i mean they they did really good with these other two let's see what they got with this one and it wasn't as good so you know i guess there is a little bit of disappointment there but ultimately i think like i like the way how this isn't something you access through a menu like it's not like oh you go to the title screen and oh here's the other story option i like how it's like oh once when you get to the final island you can just do this right from the get-go right yeah the way how i kind of see it because i also saw some people say that like oh this kind of ruins the whole game i don't see that i kind of just saw it as like post-game content i saw it as like the dark side yeah. of the moon or uh just like the typical post-game stuff that you do in a kirby game usually it's like it's a lot harder and maybe also not as fun i don't think it weighs down the entire package though it's a little yeah. disappointing that like it didn't Add a whole lot to the overall story. Like, again, like kind of ends the same way, uh, despite the fact that characters have a bit more to do, but I just don't think they did enough. But it's hard for me to get like really upset over when it's just it's just an offshoot. It's just something you can do on the side. Yeah. I want them to do better next time. Don't get me wrong. But like what with what we got, I'm not like upset or I'm not angry about it. I'm not like Mick frickin losing it. It's like, oh, well, I mean, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, it, it still doesn't take away what I think about Sonic Frontiers. I, I still think it's a great game. I still I still I still play it. It's still fun. So, yeah, you know, the updates did what it needed to do.
0: To me, it's pretty easy to separate this new story as a separate entity from the base game. Yeah. So I totally agree with you there. What about you, Mr. Nick? What are your final thoughts? Sonic Frontiers, you know, the, the base game, but even
2: more so this DLC. I feel like this is the game that brought Sonic back. Uh, I know that Sonic never really went anywhere, but it's got the feel of Sonic that I missed. Mm-hmm. The trajectory that the series was on until 06 ruined everything, and they decided they could never have any of these cool things again. They brought it back, and I think they did it very well. Like Considering like just how much they had to accomplish with this game with such a small budget, Yeah, and, and given that they didn't have to do any of this, they didn't have to spend a year just adding all this extra stuff to the game. But they did it. And I couldn't be happier for the future of Sonic. Like looking at, you know, Superstars, which was imperfect. You know, that has its own problems. But still, it does things that Sega and Sonic Team swore for ages they would never do. They would never have a fully like 2.5D classic Sonic game with all new zones. You know, and then has creative stuff like the Emerald Powers. And then you have Dream Team coming out, which looks like it's going to be all kinds of fun. And it just feels like, yeah, that Sonic is back and i just couldn't be happier because it feels yeah. like we're getting back to you know my favorite kind of 3d sonic and frontiers just has me like even more excited for whatever game comes out because this is one of the best performing sonic games ever like mm-hmm. sonic's total sales over the course of the last 30 years it's increased dramatically in just the, the last couple partly because of the movies making him popular again and then you know there's all these new games coming out it just feels like whatever drought we were in is over. Things are looking pretty good for Sonic.
1: Yeah, they yeah. definitely they definitely have been building up a lot of goodwill. Yeah,
2: it's just about to say.
1: It is up to Sega to keep up the pace. And Sega has a weird tendency of fucking things up with Sonic. Notice how, <laughs> like with other series, it's not really the case. With uh, fucking uh, Yakuza or the shimigami tensei persona games or anything like that you know they they tend to be pretty okay with the other ones it's always sonic for some reason that you know we deal with this kind of stuff it's like i would not say that we are not out of the woods yet but it is possible that we are getting close i'm gonna wait a few more years because like a while ago i made a video (laughs) i made a video saying about like oh how i'm not really excited for the future of sonic this was like in 2019 and like Sonic Forces was still fresh, and Izuko was like, oh, get ready for the 30th anniversary. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you want us to get excited for the 30th anniversary when you just flopped up the 25th, and there's like nothing to look forward to, nothing to talk about, nothing to be excited about? So it's like, right now, they're on the right path. Anything can happen, and I want them to do good. But I'm still on the the uh, skeptical side. I'm like, okay, well, let's see. What what else are you going to do? Because anything can happen. That's
2: th- look, that's, that's another thing I want to point out. Even during the dark ages of Sonic, we still got a lot of games, yeah. and most of them were at least pretty fun, not outright horrible. And then after like Sonic Forces, it's like, okay, from now on, there will be one Sonic game every five years or so, but the trade-off is that they're going to be amazing. You know, is it's going to be worth the wait. And then it, it, it's, I don't know, early on in Sonic Frontier's reveal, it looked like crap. So at that point, it's like, oh, okay, so it's going to take forever for them to release another Sonic game, and it's going to be dog shit each time. So what are we even waiting for? But then Frontiers came out, and it it, it it turned out good, and it just kept getting better over the last year. And now we've got Sonic Superstars, and we got Dream Team, and like there's all these like, collaborations with LEGO and stuff. And I just feel like, yes, we're on the
1: upswing. Keep going up. Keep that momentum. It's also, I heard that like there's something in the works coming out next year that Sonic Team's been on. I don't know what, I don't know if they mean like a new game, a sequel to Frontiers, doubt it's a sequel to Frontiers, but I mean, if Sonic Team pumps something out next year too and it, it turns out good, then I think that's a, a pretty good standing. Next year, we're also getting the uh, third Sonic movie and these Sonic movies have been pretty good too.
2: I predict whatever 3D Sonic game they make as a follow-up to Forces will probably have smaller, tighter designed overworld areas. Not that much smaller, but you know, a bit more manageable. Hmm. Mini games will probably be better. And hopefully, like, whatever the cyberspace equivalent is, wh- whatever actual stages there are, will be more fleshed out and have more original assets. Because it sounds like that's kind of what they want to go back to, is to make another adventurous game. And this game came pretty close. It may have just been a little too big for its own
0: good, its own shoes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But its I feel like it's almost there.
0: Izuka definitely said when Frontiers came out that he wanted to make SA3.
2: We'll see. I mean, they probably won't call it SA3, but it'll probably be structured more like an adventure game. Yeah, Because I know I've said this already, but think about, I think that's why they brought back stages from Sonic Adventure 2 was because it was seriously, apparently it was in question. It was in limbo. Like they didn't know that people still liked those kinds of stages and they needed us to remind them by playing them, which we (laughs) did. So now they know.
1: Also, they've been dangling the SA3 carrot over our heads for fucking years at this point. They've been like, oh, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure. Fans like Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure,
0: Sonic Adventure. Even though they already it, made a third Sonic Adventure game. And it was it, called Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: And you know what? Hey, <laughs> to give it credit, Chaos X has shown And it's that called
0: Sonic
2: Heroes, and it's called Sonic <laughs> Unleashed.
1: At the very least, Chaos X showed that, like, yeah, you know, Sonic Adventure 3, like, it could be good. It could be good, you know, because- Project 06, I mean, it's not, like, the most perfect thing in the world, but it's pretty fucking good, you know? And it's impressive, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. If we ever get SA3, I will eat a boot. <laughs> I'll do it, so help me God.
0: If if they announce SA3, I'm going to make a bet with you.
1: Okay, what's the bet?
0: We have to read Sonic the Hedgehog World War II Dragon on the show.
1: Oh. <laughs> you know what? I'll take that bet. All right, because you also forget. Okay, yeah. Well, we we agree. Okay, so that's the bet. But you best don't get to in. use best, one of your no, no, three. No, 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 no. You don't get to use in. one of your best three skips. In. No. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. We'll cross that road.
0: Yeah. Regardless, I think we're all done here for today. Thank you all for joining. Before yeah. we head out, uh Nick, where can people
2: find you? Uh There's my channel, Nick on Planet Ripple. I have a website. You can contact me through that. Like I, I have a, a work email there. My books are available on itch.io, they're available on Amazon, and I have the usual like Instagram and Facebook and so on, but I immediately don't post there as often as I should. I spend so much time just burying my nose in the work itself that I almost forget to tell people about it. But you can find me basically everywhere.
0: And and just so you know, folks, you can get a physical print copy of Nick's books as well. They look really nice. Oh yeah, nice. I'm also on Patreon. Oh hell yeah. So... You can get signed copies through that. And uh, Nick tours convention circuits as well, promoting his book. So, hey, if you got a book convention near you, maybe stop by. And, uh yeah. yeah, thank you very much for joining us today, Nick. No problem. I'm not sure. Probably the next thing is going to be the end of year podcast, which I am scared. Oh, my God. We, there's so many games to talk about I'm this year.
1: terrified. <laughs>
0: So, about what kind of fan fiction I'm going to bring to the podcast yeah well I got three shots I, I have a little game I want to play with you oh we'll talk about that next time Oh, I've got a little <laughs> thing in mind
1: you son of a bitch I knew I got off too easy I want uno
0: let me have this <laughs> no I'm going to give you the opportunity to not have to use one of your three skips Oh, and skip a f- fan fiction for free if you win <laughs>
1: fucking hit Uh, you
0: oh no so stay tuned for that everybody (laughs) I'll definitely bring a fic next time oh fix or didn't happen until then uh, we'll see you all next time fix out nix or it didn't happen Please check out our YouTube channel for playthroughs of our favorite games and video versions of all our podcasts. This episode was edited by yours truly, ExoParadigm Gamer. Check out the links in the description to follow each of us on YouTube, Twitter, and more. Thank you all very much for watching our podcast, and we'll see you all next time.